Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Thursday here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin in for Jamie Rivers, although Jamie will be with us, we think, at 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. Calgary. We think th- 3 o'clock. Great to see you, Anthony. You Marshy, too, great to see you, buddy. Good to see you, Dan. Oh, Hit that a, mic, baby. There we go. It's always a great time having you in here. Oh, it feels great. Feels good to be here, guys. Can't wait for the next four hours. I'm serious. <laughs> you don't give me that look. Sometimes your your sarcasm. No, I just I don't. I don't know if you mean it. I, I mean. W- it. I want to believe that you mean it. I mean it. I'm looking forward to the next four hours. Then I'm going to choose to believe you. Thank you, buddy. That's why you're the best. Always good to see you, Dan McLaughlin. <laughs> you're the best. <laughs> the next four hours with Danny Mack here. It's going to be a blast. All right. So the Blues have made some changes ahead of tonight's game against the Calgary Flames. We knew that Craig Ruby was at least not even considering him. He told us yesterday that he was he was going to change some things up. So here's your projected lineup, Dan, for tonight's game. The forwards: Brandon Saad, Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, Pavel Buchnevich, Braden mm-hmm. Shen, and Kasperi Kapanen, Alexei Torpchenko, Oscar Sundquist, and Sammy Blay. Fourth line: Kevin Hayes, Jake Neighbors, and then uh, a big. TBD. So this is where it gets interesting. So they're going 11-7 with their okay. lineup. Nick Letty, Colton Pareko, top defensive pairing. Tori Krug, Justin Falk, Marco Scandella, and Robert Bortuzzo. And then Scott Perunovich is the extra defender tonight. And then you've got Joel Holfer in net. I want to see Perunovich play. I've been wanting to watch him play. I know that uh, some are on that bandwagon. Others are not. I do know this, though. If the Blues don't start shooting the puck, they're not going to win. No. And if you look at the first game, they were outshot 34-24. That was against Dallas. Against Seattle, 31-25. Outshot. Arizona, 42-26. Outshot. The Blues had 21 shots against Pittsburgh, outshot in that game. They win it, though, 33-21 to in terms of uh, outshot. And then outshot 30-20 uh, to against Winnipeg. So, you know, you're, you're talking about a, a team that has to score, find ways to score. We can talk all we want about the defensive systems and the fact that Bennington has got to be great, which he has been so far, but they've also got to find a way to score some goals and get more shots on net. And if they don't, I think you're looking at a long season. I really do. Yeah, and and you have to possess the puck, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's as simple as that. You got to have it in your own your own zone. And the the Blues have not been that strong forecheck team thus far, like they want to be. So they're not putting any any sustained pressure on opponents when they get into the O zone, and they're therefore they lack shots 
and they're spending too much time in in their defensive zone, and that's why Jordan Bennington obviously is seeing he's seeing been a awesome. bunch of he's been incredible, but he's seeing a bunch of shots. So at some point, this is gonna flip, Marsh. Yeah, I wonder if there's just that mindset of okay, we've spent so much time in the defensive zone, we have to hold on to the puck a little bit longer in the offensive zone, and then they start to get a little too cute. We'll see passes through the middle of the ice. I remember one game, there was like a sauce pass. They had possession of the puck for what seemed like over a minute. Had the de- the defense hemmed in their own zone, and then it was one stupid pass, and then boom, pucks out of the zone. Mm-hmm. They don't even get a shot on net. I've always been a fan of just put pucks on net. Anything can happen, Me especially too. if you have guys in front of the net. Someone yep. can bang home a rebound. But I just wonder if, the, if it's one of those things like, hey, we haven't had the puck in the offensive zone. Let's just hold on to it a little bit longer. And, and then they end up not getting a shot on net. I, I yeah. wonder if it's that mindset. you got to remind yourself, too, it's it's like in baseball, and I'm a baseball guy at heart, but it's October 26th. You know, I mean, things have got to shake out a little bit, you know, oh, and, yeah. and the panic button needs to just stay in the backside for a little bit and not worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do see the trend of them not putting pucks on net as being really concerning here at the very beginning of the yeah. season. I mean, you're just you're putting a lot on your goalie, which we knew going into the season you were going to have to do anyway. There's probably going to be some rough patches as you change up the variables of what you have defensively, maybe your pairings, how you're playing defense, new system, all that stuff. But bottom line is you've got to be able to get the puck to the net. And if they don't do that, they're not going to win many games. No, you're right. you're right about that. BK had a little nugget on Twitter. Uh, he tweeted out, the Blues 120 shots is tied for third fewest in franchise history through five games. This is according to Hockey Reference. The other two blue seasons with 120 or fewer shots through five games. 1978, they ended up picking second overall. And in 2005, in which they picked first overall the next the next season. Hmm. So uh, that trend, not looking good so far for this team. I think to Anthony's point, too, you, you got to have offensive zone time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's the puck has got it. Whether you get a shot on net or not, preferably you do, and you're scoring goals. But I, I also think, though, there's got to be the cycle. There's got to be different things that are going on on the other side, on the offensive side. And if you don't do that, man, it's going to be a long season. I mean, even if you're talking about shots that they take that don't hit the net, shots that are blocked, things of that nature, there's got to be some type of offensive pressure, something. And if there's not, then you're going to be back on your heels defensively and it's going to be a long year. Or you're going to be out of the lineup, which is where Jacob Verona finds Mm. himself. So Verona will be the odd man out on Thursday. I'd I'd read off the projected lineup for tonight, the forwards, the defense. Somebody had to come out and it, it was Verona. This is what Baruby said, and this is what you have to love about Baruby because this is how he was when he took over in 2019, and guys really responded to this, and they really respected it. It's this straightforward, this is how it is, and Baruby didn't mince, mince words when he talked about Verona's play. He said, we need more from him. It's all honest play on the ice, and it's got to be better. Bingo. Don't read into it. That's pretty simply uh, put, isn't it? You don't, I, you don't need... You don't need to be told that when you're going up to the 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 you know the booth as an, as as the odd man out. But I like that Barubi is just direct and honest with it. I'll I'll say this: if you're going to pull a positive so far this season, taking the heat off of Colton Pareko, he looks awesome. Great. He looks awesome to me, Marshy. I know you love watching the Blues, and one of the big questions going into this season mm-hmm. was. 
okay, are we going to see the Colton Pareko that they signed this long-term extension to? Okay, we know he's not Chris Pronger, but we know he's got this talent. We know he can really skate. He's got a booming slap shot. To me, when I see a guy play with confidence is when he gets the puck and lets it rip, and he's doing that. And that's what I think most people have wanted to see over the last handful of years in watching him. And he's doing it. And the way he skates at that size, he can be a presence. Yep. That, to me, has been a real bright spot right now for the Blues. I, I, I anticipated it being good, but not this good. I, I, I think he's been fantastic. And it seems like you talk about confidence. It seems like he knows what he wants to do with the puck once he has it. Absolutely. And he's not afraid to just take it coast to coast if he needs to. He's fast when he gets going. He's a big guy, has long strides. He's been great, and I hope the the rest of this decor can follow suit because I think if you see the leader of your decor playing that well, it makes you want to play that well as, as well. Absolutely. Uh, Bruby also noted our top four defensemen play quite a bit, and we have back-to-back games, so that was the reasoning a little bit here when it comes to switching things up. Uh, again, they're going to go 11-7 when it comes to the the projected lineup for tonight but I I don't think I don't think you just do that because the back-to-backs as we mentioned I mean I think he's he's looking for a spark out of of his team Uh, and you need to do so offensively here so it goes back to everything we were just talking about how do you generate how do you generate more offensive zone time how do you generate more shots on that how do you how do you get in front of the net more consistently I think there's been such an onus or an emphasis on that defensive play changing up systems that maybe in the early going here there's almost too much focus on it Dan. maybe overlooked you know yeah. I, 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 did we know that this is going to be an issue before the season and all of us as fans and folks that watch the team heard so much about the defense and changing the system and trying to be better in their own end that really this was going to be a glaring spot that no one talked about which right. was are they really that good offensively mm-hmm. i love the top line when it's together I do. I, I think they're going to be very good throughout the course of a 82-game regular season. But after that, do you, do you have the depth that you need offensively? And that is a question, I think, right now that will be answered over time. I don't want to hit the, the panic button yet, but it is something you have to think about moving forward. And I'm sure that's what they're saying inside the coach's room is saying, okay, we, we got certain things that we like. We like Pareko. We love what Bennington is doing. Some of the other guys are stepping up, but... What do we need to get going here? We need to have a spark, and sometimes taking a guy out of the lineup is the way you do it. I I, want to know what the text line thinks of this, but when we we were talking about Verona being out of the lineup, he has three points, second most on the team. He's plus two in the plus-minus department. Now you can say, I don't really care about that, but he's been on the ice for two more goals, and he's been on the ice. Are you surprised that he's not in the lineup? Because when we think of offensive scoring, I think of... Yakub Verana. Like, yeah. I, th- I think of him putting the puck in the back of the net. We've seen it already this year. We saw it at the tail end of last year. I'm just a little surprised that he's not in the lineup when this team can't score goals. Yeah, I don't know enough about his all-around game to, to answer that question. I mean, it, it is interesting. Yeah, you look at the numbers and you, you think of him. He's He is an offensive threat. But there's a reason that Craig Berube decided to choose him. It, it, maybe it's an all-around game. Maybe maybe he... That's what I'm thinking. There is a... Dan, there is something in the machine that it's not allowing it to, to operate right. at full strength. And for whatever reason, Berube kind of pin, pin, pinpointed Verona. And Marshy's right. I mean, the numbers are what they are, and he's second in the points and all that stuff, but you're talking about a two-way player, mm-hmm. and if he's not being a... And that's what they want. I mean, they've talked about that with Cairo ad nauseum. Um, they've talked a little bit about it with some of the others that they've had. 
and I haven't seen enough to say, well, he's he's not being a two-way player. He's not being the, the kind of player that Craig Berube wants. However, when you healthy scratch somebody and take him out of a lineup, it should give you an indication that it's beyond the numbers yeah. and there's something there that they're not happy with. Or sometimes, sometimes it is to send a jolt through a team. That's the other thing. I wouldn't think that they do that with him, but that is sometimes why you do some of the decisions that you make. Got an interesting text from Thanks Dad, and maybe you guys agree, maybe you don't, but uh, he says that's the equivalent of Marmol getting on O'Neal, get on someone early in the season to try and set the tone. And and maybe in the case of Tyler O'Neal, where you got veterans after Ollie had said what he said, mm-hmm. veteran players going up to Ollie and saying, hey, thank you. Thank you for holding him accountable. Maybe it's a similar situation. I don't know. I'm just I'm throwing it out sure. there. I don't I don't have any of the inside information or anything like that. I'm not in the I'm not in the locker room. I don't know. But maybe it is to the texture's point, a hey, I'm seeing something a little off right now, and we're gonna correct it now as opposed to in December when maybe it's too late. Isn't it interesting too when you watch a player like this in this situation be left out? I always find it really interesting how they respond. Yeah. Do they come back out like gangbusters, or sometimes coaches can lose players? Yep. Early in a season, doing this, and a guy that you wouldn't anticipate. And I'm sure there's some fans out there that are saying this is not good. I, I don't, I don't want him out of the lineup. He's mm-hmm. a threat, and they're yeah. they're not scoring goals, not getting shots on goal. Why would you take this guy out? Well, it, it may have a, a a dual purpose of not only a shakeup with your team of saying, hey, we're, we're shaking this thing up. We're not going to let their stand pat and let this happen, and also for the individual. But when the individual has this happen to them, how do they respond the next game, the next time that they're brought into the lineup? And that's always something you got to think about when you make these moves. Last thing here from the 314. Verona is a rush scorer. He isn't in the style right now. He is a one-and-done shot guy and has three even-strength shots. So there you go. Yeah. Good, uh, good breakdown there. Yeah. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN 214. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. With Jamie Rivers on the road, Dan McLaughlin filling in today. Jamie will join us at some point. We anticipate that he's going to be with us in the middle two hours of the show, uh, 11 to 5, but we'll wait to see when Jamie gets connected, and uh, we'll check in with him. We also have Chris Kerber coming up at 2.45, so we'll talk to him about the Blues changes, and we'll have the Blues a lot of times throughout the course of the show today. But we had brought up a conversation yesterday about the Diamondbacks, Dan, and the Diamondbacks, not a team that spent big. They just got in, and now they're in the World Series. Does that reinforce things for the Cardinals and their approach, and how how troublesome could that be? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin and Andrew Marshall, Anthony Stalter. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. So, Dan, we were kicking around this yesterday when the Diamondbacks advanced, and they did so in a manner where nobody nobody even had them, I, I don't think, in, in third place in the NL West. Oh, I did. Not outside a chance. Of, outside of Dan. <laughs> nobody, in the, nobody in the free world. I, I remember two years ago, just real quickly, I remember two years ago, they came through St. Louis, and I thought, that is one of the worst major league teams I've seen in a decade. <laughs> 
They were awful. I thought you were going to go the route. Yeah, I saw something then. No, I didn't see anything. Yeah, <laughs> No, I didn't see a thing. There wasn't one guy on that team outside of maybe Cattell Marte, I thought. Sure. They, they're. This is like going to take them yeah. generations to get back. And they were awful. Here they are in the World Series. It's unbelievable. So the question is, if you're a Cardinals fan, do you get nervous seeing the Diamondbacks no. advance because that they are the epitome of? Well, just get in, see what happens. I, I think there's something to both, though. I, I think if you're the Cardinals, you have to spend money. Yes. I mean, you've got to spend money. Where if you look at how, like, I look at the bullpen of what Arizona has done, mm-hmm. and their bullpen to me has been a game changer, literally, yep. in this postseason. So I went back and looked. On July 31st, the Diamondbacks bullpen ranked 24th in the majors with a 4.42 ERA. That's not great. They traded for Paul Seawald, Kevin Ginkle to the eighth inning. He went to the eighth inning for them. And Ryan Thompson was let go by Tampa Bay and then settled into a role for them. Well, what's happened? Seawald, Ginkle, 17 scoreless innings combined. Thompson, three runs in 10 and two-thirds. Mm. So my point is, is that there are ways to restructure and retool without spending some money, although it's not ideal. And and you could say that the Rangers are in the same boat with what they've done. Now, they've gotten Scherzer. they got Montgomery. Those have been big, big additions to what they had down the stretch. But Evan Carter started the postseason batting ninth. Now he's hitting third. Mm-hmm. So he's gotten on fire at the right time. Uh, Jonah Heim was, what, a nine-year minor league you know, veteran that they picked up. So there are things that you do along the way that you you tinker with that aren't necessarily Aaron Nola and Sonny Gray and some of the, the positions that were ta- or some of the players that we're talking about to be major factors in which you have to go out and spend a lot of money. But I would anticipate they're going to, they're going to spend some money because yeah. they're going to they're have to. They're going to have to. Yeah, exactly. And, and you nailed it. You nailed it. It's not just one avenue to build a roster. Uh, if you, unless you're the Phillies who just can spend and are willing to spend yeah. as, as much as humanly possible to get to build the roster that they have built, typically free agency is not the best route to go to go down because some of the the years in the back end of these contracts are awful. It's going to cost you down the road, and and it's probably going to cost the Phillies. Are yep. we willing to have that conversation in four years when everything looks a little rough for the Phillies? Probably not, because we're going to we're just going to move on. Well, but, they've already had it too when they sure. had Ryan Howard and Jimmy Rollins and Chase Utley and some of these guys started to get older. Yeah, that that run ended and they weren't ready to go and they did not draft well. No, at all. So they. They liquidated the farm system in order to keep the window open. I got no issue with that. But to your point, they started to spend on the veteran players, and eventually the veteran players, the price while the price keeps going up, their production goes down. So you don't you don't maximize that value there, and your resources financially are in, are tied up with those players. So you can't necessarily that. You have to draft well. The Phillies didn't. They didn't have the farm system, and then they they went through some lean times. And they didn't recover until the ownership said, throw a bunch of money at the problem. We know that's not the way the Cardinals are going to do it. But to your other point, there are other ways to build a roster besides just throwing money at, at Aaron Nolan saying, oh, he takes it. Yeah. Because if he doesn't, you still got you still got to do something. Well, I think they realize they're going to have to spend money. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're just, there's no way you can go in with the rotation that they add at the end of the year. Nope. And there's no way you could go into the end of the season like they at the beginning of the season like they had with a lineup at times at the end of this year there's no way but i still think what's overlooked with this team maybe more than anything else is the bullpen mm-hmm. the bullpen was terrible and the back end of games was terrible 
and you better have a 7, 8, and 9 that can line up to win you games. Yep. Starters don't go deep. You better have a deep bullpen. And that's why I brought up the point of the, the Diamondbacks. Now, when they got Seawald, they did, I looked at it, they lost nine straight. So it wasn't like all of a sudden he was a difference maker, believe me. But in the postseason, he's been really good. And I've said this a million times. GMs, president of baseball operations, they say the hardest thing to do year to year is figure out your bullpen. Well, they do have some pieces coming back currently, whether it's Gallegos, Helsley, maybe Matthew Libertor goes to a bullpen. I'd love to see him in that role out there. I don't know if they're going to do that. But go sign a really good piece to your bullpen. Now you're talking. Now you got something. Now you got the potential of three closers out there when one is down. And you can't rely on Ryan Helsley every day. He doesn't want to pitch every day, it seems like. So you better have others out there that are ready to go and win you games late. They lost a ton of games late. And that is overlooked in my mind, is they have to address their bullpen as much as they have to throw some money at the rotation, too. No, good call. Yeah. The starting the starting staff was the issue in April. The bullpen started to be the issue in May. It was terrible. And then they just started to flip-flop. You know, eventually the starting the starting staff was was an, was a problem again. Yeah. And then after the trade deadline, I don't really count any of that because now it's just survive and throw some opportunities to guys and see what happens, right? But you're right, Dan. I mean, they they blew how many games? Did you mention that? The, the, oh, the actual the, figure? Yeah, I had it before. I can't remember what it was. It, it was the most they've ever blown, though, in franchise history. So you think if they just win half of those, half of those, the wild card changes, changes everything. Yeah, because here's the other thing too, Anthony. If you're at least within the hunt of a wild card spot, mm-hmm. you come to the ballpark with a little extra edge. I've seen it. I've watched it, and it, there's just something different about being completely out of it to where, well, we got a we got a flickering light, we got a chance, it's there, you know, and then something can happen. You catch fire, fire, something weird goes on, and it's the sport. That's how it works, and you have a chance to win some games and maybe make this thing interesting down the stretch. And yeah. once that happens, all bets are off. You don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, this postseason has said that, but. I think that you have to look at the bullpen going into this season as much as you're looking at the rotation. It's not going to cost you as much. I wouldn't presume that it's going to assume it's going to cost you as much, but you have to do that with your bullpen. By the way, I wanted to throw this at you. Mm-hmm. You think Major League Baseball is a little upset that the Arizona Diamondbacks are in instead of the Phillies? No, yes, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> you got the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. I told Jamie yesterday. I I think it's going to be one of the lowest viewed. I do too. Major League ba- uh, World Series in Major League Baseball history. It's got a chance. Yeah, I mean, you still have the Dallas Fort Worth market, so sure, that's but. big. But Houston is a great villain. The Phillies, they were a fun team to watch. The casual fan could get behind you Bryce Harper. Power. Yeah, you had Schwarber, Harper, mm-hmm. Trey Turner. Um, they were fun to watch. I mean, yeah. it was just they hit bombs, so they bring you into the the, the, the game, so to speak. But I, I think if you if you said to somebody, who do you think are the top two? Star- I mean, the top two starters for the Arizona Diamondbacks, I would bet ninety percent of sports fans wouldn't know. I don't even know if they could give you a Zach Allen. I don't know if they could give you that, and much less Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly, yeah. And then the kid that started in in Game Seven against the Phillies, Bod, yeah. No, no way yep. that they would know him. And boy, that kid looks good. He's going to be a stud. That sweeper. Yeah, he's he's fun to watch. The he Phillies, throws hard. The Phillies couldn't hit him in Arizona, and when it lined up that Fod was going to take the ball in Game Seven, I didn't. Th- I still thought the Phillies would figure out a way. But when when I saw that it was going to be Fod taking over, I'm like, man, they couldn't touch him. Yeah. 
in the game he started in Arizona. Hey, I wouldn't be shocked if the Diamondbacks pull off the upset. Explain this one to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm sitting there watching the game with my kid the other day, and they bring in Zach Wheeler, and by all accounts, if it was a tight game, he was going to get innings anyway. Yeah. So follow me here. You're They start Suarez, and he's pitching fine. He pitched well. Gave up a couple runs in like, what, four and two-thirds or four and a third, whatever it was. I don't care. Why not just start with Zach Wheeler? If you're going to bring him in anyway. Yeah. Give now, him a clean start. I, I guess what you think, though, if if you're a manager, is like, well, what if we blow out this team? And what if we're blowing out the Arizona Diamondbacks and I don't have to use Zach Wheeler in the beginning of the game and yep. I can just save him? For game one. But you know, if you're within three or four runs, he's probably coming in. Mm-hmm. More times than not, yeah. because you got to get there first. You got to get to game one of the World Series anyway. That was my. De- that was going to be my default. I, I just got to get there first. Just start these guys. Yeah, let them go on short days. It's a good call. That drives me crazy. That's Dan McLaughlin. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's Fast Line on 101 ESPN. Has college football turned into a bidding war over bidding war when it comes to the NIL as opposed to having like the traditional recruitment? That's next, following Ryan Wingo's commitment to Texas Mm. yesterday. We'll get into that conversation next on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging beds. Baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber Showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin and Andrew Marsh from Anthony Stalter's The Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We will be joined by Chris Kerber in 10 minutes. We'll talk to him about the Blues changes that we we discussed at the start of the show. Uh, Dan, yesterday, I know you saw the news, Ryan Ryan Wingo decided to commit to Texas. He's not ruled anything out yet until signing, signing day in December, but for all intents and purposes, Ryan Wingo has decided to become a Longhorn over Mizzou. Some... On the internet, on the old interwebs, Dan, uh, we're yeah. saying that he duped Mizzou to get a bag, i.e. a bag of money, as the kids would say. Mm. Is NIL ruining the traditional recruitment of college athletes? Uh, do you care? My question is, Dan, uh, I like <laughs> I like the way you phrase that. Um, no. And me neither. Two. Free enterprise, man. What's Go get di- it. What's different? Right. Now it's just legal. Now it's legal, and you know what these teams are doing. Exactly. I, I thought the – I still, with the Wingo thing, and I'm let's just say player X did yeah. what he did yesterday. I, I don't care if it's him or 
you know, player X, Andrew Marsh, or me, or you. I, sure. I don't care. Yeah, I can throw that pigskin around, Dan. Yeah, I know you can, you can buddy. Yeah. I'm starting to get Absolutely. loose right now. I yeah. can see yeah. oh, yeah. stretching, yeah. You know, plyometrics. Lactic acid out Marsh of my arm. ready to go. Think about the leverage he created for himself yesterday, by the way, between now and December. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, think about that. Now, if he says, if he came out tomorrow, would it surprise you if Player X said, I know what I said, but, you know, thinking about my family again, and I, uh, I'm opening this thing back up. No. With the leverage that he's made. Like, the, the leverage that he's just created for himself. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really you know, think it's in his uh, worst interest to sit there and say what he did. I, I And would it surprise you if he all of a sudden switched in a couple of weeks and said, no. you know, re- rethought what I'm doing, coming back to Mizzou, I want to stay at home. No. Okay, and why did he change? Well, the the parameters of what he was going to go there changed. Maybe they upped the offer. Of course. Yeah. So I, I don't have a problem with any of these kids making the money they make. Coaches make the money off the kids. The universities are making money off the football programs. Rake. And they're raking in billions with a B. Mm-hmm. So if a kid wants to go there because he got a better NIL deal, I am all for it, man. Yeah. All for it. I would ask this. If if you're offended by the NIL, NIL situation, okay, something about it, it, it is bothersome to you. Are you just somebody that was fine sticking your head in the sands because you didn't know what was going on to get your favorite players or recruits to your university? Mm-hmm. Would you have rather had that? Because that, that's all I'm hearing then. If you're upset about the NIL stuff and you rather have it be how it used to be where these coaches would bring these kids in and take them mm-hmm. God knows where and Find give them, them God knows what. Yeah. But you didn't hear about it. Buy him a burger. And you didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> in Harbaugh's case, <laughs> Yeah, I did hear about that yeah, one. Okay. Yeah, that one was a little yeah, weird. It's probably that, that a McDonald's bag or something. You know what I mean? No, I mean, this is, we're, we're talking about a situation where you're basically saying, I liked it better the other way because even though I, it, I knew something was going on, I, don't, I didn't really know about it, though. I didn't know the details of it. That's all, that's all this is. What is. What has changed? You think kids weren't getting paid off? Of course they were. To go to certain programs beforehand. We know this. Right. I, I've got zero problem. I think it's great that Luther Burden is doing what he's doing. I hear him all the time with various spots and, and things that he's promoting. And I think it's great. Let him. Let him and, and if some of these kids come from underserved areas and it's their way to get out and it's a way to take care of their family, then so be it. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Yeah. Because Marcia and I were talking about this in um, – in the office before the show, and we we're just kind of getting into this conversation. I mean, at one point, it was like an $8 billion industry for college basketball with CBS and what they paid to the rights for the rights to those games. Now, you're telling me that those kids that are on the floor, that's why you are watching. You're not there to watch a referee or watch a guy coach. Yeah. You're watching the kids play. I call them kids, but young people play. Young grown-ups play. They're, yeah, they're, still, they're still kids. Yeah. They're 18 years old. I, mean, I guess you're making They don't know what the hell they're doing yet. Right. And so... You're telling me they shouldn't get a piece of the pie? Yeah. And this is just one way to do it, to call it NIL, name, image, and likeness. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Let them get paid as let them get paid more than the coach. Hell, I don't care. Let them get let them get a billion dollars. I don't care. Sure. Because they should get paid. Period. Well, if somebody, but if somebody is, this is the way I look at it, Dan. If somebody's willing to pay you X amount of dollars to throw you on a potato chip bag, okay, no problem. <laughs> I can't do it. Nobody would. And it's your likeness. Pringles. Your likeness. Yeah, it's you. It's, yeah. it's you. As opposed to 
a university having a number two Texas exactly. A&M jersey hanging there, but not your name on it. But everybody knows it's Johnny Manziel's jersey that you're buying up. How many players do you think are going to start using this as leverage? I haven't heard a lot about that, where they say, uh, now behind the scenes, I'm sure, their handlers are saying, i tell you what, College X, um, if you want to get my guy, university over there, they're, they're offering him this, so if you want to get it, this yeah. is what it's going to cost you. Of course it's happening. Mm-hmm. I just I don't think we're hearing a lot about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that stuff is happening a lot more behind the scenes because it, it happened before when you didn't know about name, image, and likeness and guys weren't getting paid. You don't think handlers of certain kids were saying, hey, by the way, that guy over there, he's ready to hand him X amount of dollars. So if you want my kid, it's going to cost you this. Yeah, or housing for the entire family yeah. in the case of uh, Reggie Bush and all. It, 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 it may not have also, man, it may not have just been money. How ridiculous now does the Reggie Bush thing look? Yeah, it, it, now it's legal, and so Reggie mm-hmm. Bush was getting paid or whatever the hell was happening with him, and they take away his Heisman. That's mm-hmm. just stupid, right? Yeah, you're in that on the field. <laughs> Just and whether it's at USC or Texas or Mizzou, yeah. he still earned it on the field. And all these, uh, I had friends of mine that were down at um, homecoming this past weekend in Columbia. They said Columbia was just on fire. They said it was great. Yeah. They and they said Marsh it was, was just, out there. Was it? It was. Is yeah. I mean, I heard yeah. it was. It the was place lit. was packed. You couldn't it move. It was lit. I mean, you think about the the money that they're bringing into Columbia and the surrounding area. Yeah. Like just from a financial aspect of it, no doubt. And these kids prior to this didn't see a dime of any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Technically, that's 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 insanity to it me. Doesn't make and sense. I felt that way for a long time. That's Dan McLaughlin, Andrew Marsh, Anthony Stalter. It's fast on one hundred and one ESPN. We have Chris Kerber next. We'll talk to him about the Blues' changes ahead of tonight's game against the Flames with the voice of the Blues again. Chris Kerber next on one hundred and one ESPN. <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Bring out the Zamboni! It's time for Curbside with the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi electric elite contractor. Blues back in action tonight. They have the Flames in Calgary on the call, of course, for your home of the Blues, 101 ESPN. The Blues Radio Network is Chris Kerber, who joins Dan McLaughlin and myself, Anthony Salter, right now in the fast lane. What's up, Kerbs? Fellas, how are you? We're doing good. We chatted a lot at the start of the show about the changes that Craig Berube decided to make with his uh, lines. And, uh, you know, Chief doesn't mince words. He noted that Jacob Verona, they need to see more out of him. When you look at the changes that Chief made, besides just the back to you know the back to back and kind of making adjustments like for that for that curbs, what other message do you feel like Chief is trying to send to his his club right now? Well, it's an intriguing message to Verona in this sense. If you're Jacob Verona, the team's played five games. You've got three points. You're tied with Jordan Cairo for the second most points on the team. You're plus two on the year, right? And the coaches come to you this morning and say, you're out. And you're, you got to be going, what the hell? Right? Yeah. What am I doing? What the message is, is what Craig Berube is looking for is not just offense. It's not just what you do in the offensive zone. He's looking for your all-around play. He's looking for you compete level in the defensive zone. He's looking for the, the battle level through the neutral zone, things like that. That's where they want to see Verona be better. 
And that's an important part of Verona's game where, look, there's, his offensive ability is clear. His skating ability is obvious. Uh, his shot is fantastic when he lets it rip, especially the one-timer. Um, may have the best one-timer of the forward group in that sense. But you've got to do more. And the Blues are spending way too much time in their own end, and they're not getting enough time in the offensive end. And that's where he wants to see more. I can tell you, look, there were other options for him to sit some guys. But you're only sitting one at a time right now with the way this roster is built. You know, so he told us outright he wants to see more from Sammy Blake. Uh, you know, he wants to see more from Nikita Alexandrov when he's in there. There's other guys they need more from, and this is where it starts. Now, the 7D aspect gives them the opportunity to maybe sit Tyler Tucker. You know, he hasn't been overly happy with the, the bottom pairing the last couple of games, and that's okay. Tyler Tucker's only played, what, you know, 20, 30 games in the National Hockey League. It gives you a chance to get Bortuzzo and Perunovic in there and, and get these guys going a bit, too. So, all in all, I kind of like the moves he's making right now. Isn't it interesting, Curbs, when you see a, a move like this, this early in the season with a guy, and you, you just gave the numbers as to why maybe he's one of the players you didn't expect this to happen, but how they respond, one, and two, what it does for the rest of the players. I, I also think there's always kind of a hidden message where, hey, if they can do it with this guy, they can do it to me or to others that maybe I'm not expecting. Well, that's right. There's the other aspect of what if you come out tonight, and I know you're playing back-to-back games here with Vancouver tomorrow night, what if the Blues come out tonight and they have their best offensive game and light it up against Calgary? It wouldn't be unusual Craig Berube to go going with the same grouping tomorrow night. Exactly. And have another game of 7-D. We know that he's not afraid to go with the 11 forward 7-D. And as a matter of fact, over the years, his record in that scenario has been fantastic. Um, I don't have the numbers right in front of me. It's in my scorebook from last year. But they were they were good. And so... Um, yeah, it's the message, and you're right, Dan, when it comes to somebody like Verona, how you're going to respond to this right now, I think it's going to be really key to hit the, the, and I know it's early, but it's going to be key to his season here. Craig Maruby met with, uh, you know, no microphones and stuff on, but he kind of met, he met with the broadcasters and uh, at the beginning of the year, and we were asking questions about last year. He made a comment that's going to stick with us throughout the whole year about last season. He goes, I think if I learned something from last year, one of the things I learned is if we start to slide and get into some situations like I feel like we were in last year, I'm, I'll, I have no problem making some moves or handling some things differently than he did last year. My read on that was saying I think he'd sit some people, and he doesn't care who it is. He'd sit them anyway, even if it makes – and he basically said even if I, you know, PO people and uh, – and I, I, I don't. I think this year, if somebody's not going the way he wants, he's not going to have any problem parking somebody in the press box and saying, "We need you to get it going." He knows what's at stake uh, with this team right now, and and he's going to run it his way. And I and I like it. Yeah, I was saying that in our first segment. I said I, I think this is his way of nipping it in the bud. If there's an issue. And if he's going to send a message, this is one way to do it. And he knows probably with the current personnel he's got, and it's no disrespect to the team, but their margin for error is is thin. That if you're going to do this, you do it now, and you don't wait until you're ten games into the season. Yeah, and there's and there's two sides. I asked him, you know, in the interview for our coaches show tonight, how he looks at the first five games of the year as a snapshot. 
Here's the one, and, and this is this is the fine line, Dan. I think he could be alluding to as well. You had Brandon Saad miss an open net in the last game. You had Jordan Cairo miss two breakaways, and then you had Saad fan on another potential goal in there as well. Braden Shen had a great scoring chance. If the Blues bury some of those chances, we're not talking about a tough offense right now. We're talking about an offense that might be going. If you look back over the first five games, they've had scoring chances. They're just sometimes passing up a shot attempt or they're missing the net with it. Um, this team, as much as they're 2-2-1, two, two and one, could easily be something like 4-0-1. Oh, right? I mean, and legitimately. And that's your and margin for error. So, there's your margin for error. That's exactly right. And but to do that, you're going to, as Craig said, told us yesterday when we met with him. If we get more of that offensive zone time, which I think we can keep building to, then we can be a dangerous team. If we have to spend the whole game in our zone defending, we're not very good in terms of not getting the offense we need to win. So that's that's what I'm looking for tonight. Is how how are you getting that puck in the other zone, and how are you keeping it out of your own? Curb, since we're talking about the changes, how do you anticipate Baruby handling that fourth line then? Right now it looks like it's Kevin Hayes and I forgot who else was on that, that fourth line right now. Uh, but he's only got the two, so it looks like he's going to mix and match a little bit. How do you anticipate him handling that? Well, it's an interesting so, – so he's going to put Torochenko and Jake Neighbors with Kevin Hayes. Okay, He wants two workers with Kevin Hayes right now to get Kevin Hayes uh, – I, I would say to get him going – he wants two workers to help Kevin Hayes get the puck back more because that's where Kevin's game is, is important to this team is him holding on to it. Okay, so if, if, you, if you leave that open spot with Sunquist and Blay, you could easily drop Torchenko down there. You could put neighbors down there. What, what you tend to see when you go with 7D is it allows somebody else to slide up, right? So you might see, for example, you might see neighbors go with Sunquist and Blay, right? You might see all of a sudden, you know, you could see Shen go with Hayes and Neighbors. You know, you're going to see even the top two lines get juggled around. And some of and and this is another thing that a coach will try to do to get offense going. When you go with 7D, that extra time on, say, that if we're going to call the fourth line the blank spot with Sunquist and Blay, well, sometimes it might be Sot. Sometimes it might be Butch Navich. It might be Kyrou. You're going to get that extra time isn't going to go to a, to a to a fourth or third liner. That extra time is going to go to get one another offensive guy out there more, and that could help spark some offense as well. So that's that's the one of the concert the the side effects of going with seven D is you're going to see some of these forwards maybe with an extra minute or two of ice time throughout the game than they've been averaging so far. Well, Curves, we're looking forward to seeing how these changes impact the team over the next two nights. We know that you're going to be on the call for 101 ESPN, including on the pregame show tonight starting at 7 o'clock. So looking forward to it, Curves. All right, guys. Have an awesome weekend. Thanks. You too. Thank you. That's Chris Kerber, again, the voice of the Blues here on 101 ESPN. We anticipate that we're going to be joined by Jamie Rivers. And if so, if we get Jamie on... We're going to talk to him about these changes and get his perspective uh, from a former defensive player and what the changes could mean for the Blues next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three 
o'clock. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We're, uh, we're supposed to be joined by Jamie Rivers. And if, as soon as we get a hold of him, we'll talk to him about the fact that the Blues are going with the 11 forward, 7 defenseman, and what does it mean for healthy scratches. We just got done talking to Curbs about it. Uh, you know, just to kind of reiterate some of these thoughts, Greg Ruby sent in a message early on. And I think what, what Curbs told us about gathering everybody together and saying, you know, hey, um, I'm not going to be hesitant to make any sort of changes if I see fit, that's what I'll do. I well, look and I'll at, do it in the, in the early going. You know, to me, Anthony, look at uh, what they have on this roster, and it, it's going to be competitive. It's not a terrible roster. It's going to be competitive. You might have some blowouts along the way that they don't look competitive. But for the most part, this is going to have a chance uh, to be a playoff team battling all the way to the end. But I think what he's saying is, look, my margin of victory or defeat is so slim that if I can send a message to my team with a guy that, by the way, Jacob Verana ranks second in the NHL in five-on-five goals per 60 in the last year and a half or something like that, as a blue, 11 goals, 17 points, and 25 games played. If I have to sit him down, you don't think that reverberates through the uh, through the rest of the locker Absolutely. room in the dressing room? Of course it does. And so he's just not going to let this thing, you know, get out of hand for him. Right. If he's seeing an issue with certain players and saying, look, if I can do it to this guy, I'll do it to you. And I don't care who it is. And that's what I'm going to do. All right. I think we we are going to be joined by our guy, Jamie Rivers, right now, who is in Calgary. He'll be on the Bally Sports Midwest telecast tonight. What's up, Jamie? You got us? Yeah, what's up, guys? How we doing? We're doing good. So Dan and I have been talking about the changes that, that Craig Berube told us yesterday that he was going to make. And he certainly made them. So he's going with 11 forwards tonight, seven defensemen, and Jacob Verana is is the odd man out. He's the one that's that's heading up to the, pre, the the press box tonight. So when you look at the changes that are made, I can't imagine Jamie that you were you were surprised by anything. But what what is your biggest takeaway? Well, I think he needed some fresh blood on the back end. I think that you know last couple of games, you know, not that it, it was bad, but I think it needed to be spiced up a little bit and you had Robert Bortuzzo who's a veteran guy that you know, he's been sitting a, a number of games now it was night you're looking for an opportunity to get him back in the lineup so Tyler Tucker comes out which is fine um, you know he's a young defenseman you've got you know, a lot of uh, you know uh, positive things about this young man since he's been here for the season but it's time to get Robert Bortuzzo going and you have to get Scott Perunovich going you can't have guys sitting there for 10 game stretches at a time uh, you, you just you get rusty, you lose your your game reps, all those things. So on the back end, I don't really look at it as um, a shock. I don't look at it as like, ooh, it's Craig Berube sending a message. I do believe there is a message that's kind of hidden in there somewhere, uh, maybe to Tyler Tucker that m- maybe have more consistent physical play. But even that's a bit of a stretch. You know, this young man's played pretty well for the Blues, so I don't think there was a message on the back end. What about the what about with the forwards? Well, yeah, I think there's. A <laughs> <laughs> I love the pregnant pause on both yeah. sides. Well, I was like, okay. Well, yeah. Well, I wanted to see if you, Anthony was going to go there. I absolutely was going to go there. I was yeah. I was waiting for you to trade. Well, on the front, the forward group. But yeah, I mean, when it comes to Verona, you you have three. Yeah. You have three. Your your offense hasn't been good. You've got you've Verona's got three points. Dan and I. 
we're speculating early on. I don't even know if it was much speculation. It was just, hey, he's he's clearly telling Verona, I, I'm going to need more out of your all-around game, not just uh, offensively. Is that how you read it? Yeah, I do. And, and so here's the thing. And I, you know, I'm on the the Twitter or the X or whatever the hell you call that app these days. I'm on there, and I see people getting upset about Verona coming out. You know, he's got two point or three points in in the five games that he's played so far. And you know, why would you take him out? If you're taking him out, you should take player X, Y, or Z out. I don't think Craig Berube would dispute that with you, but he only right now has the opportunity to move one guy in and out of the lineup. He doesn't mm-hmm. have the doesn't have the cap space to carry more players. And today, as far as the roster is concerned, going eleven and seven, he doesn't even have the extra spot for Jacob Verona or Alexandrov or anybody for that yeah. matter. But I do think there's a message there. I do think that the message is that yes, you're putting up some points, but that's not necessarily what's the most important for this team. Mm-hmm. We need guys that are playing and competing every single shift. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that Verana, he's played okay, but there's pockets of time where he disappears for a little bit. And when you disappear, that's not good. So I think there was a message sent for sure. Hey, Jamie, I, I don't care if it's Verana or if it's Colt Breco or Jordan Benny. I don't care who it is. One way or another, they've got to get <laughs> shots on goal. And right now they're averaging – so far in their games, 23.2 shots per game. So I guess the question would be, how do you generate more shots, more offense, those kind of things? Well, you need more sustained offensive zone time. And I think that, you know, this team was a rush team last year, which is fine. It's it's good to score off the rush, but you can't just be a rush team. Guys, like, like teams like the Oilers and even the Avalanche, you can survive as a rush team when you have that many elite players that can create offensively off of the rush. But if you don't have those guys that, you know, every other line that goes over the boards can give you that kind of offense, you have to have zone time. And zone time does a lot of things. It wears down the opposition. It creates mistakes, uh, creates power play opportunities because the other team takes penalties. And then it also creates offense for you. So it's essential that the Blues get back to playing the game in the offensive zone. It's just hasn't been there this year and, I, and, I, and wasn't there last year for the most part and I don't really know why um, do you think let me inter- guess- let me interrupt you just for a second do you think it's because there's been such an emphasis on the new system defensively that that maybe has gotten overlooked just a little bit no so Danny here's the thing is quite honestly the new defensive system should affect rush chances is what it should affect it shouldn't affect offensive zone time and the reason I say that is because if you're if you're playing this We'll call it a prevent defense where you just everybody huddled to the middle of the ice. Well, once you get the puck, it would be harder at that point to generate offense up the ice to create rush chances. So the theory is flawed that this defensive system is pulling back offensively because if that's the case, you wouldn't get as many chances as you've had off of the rush. The problem is, is once you get on the rush right now for the Blues, they're not thinking, like, what's the next step? It's like, let's get over the blue line. Let's try and create something offensively. Oh, it didn't work. Oh, well, okay. Well, the other team's out now. I'll go back. Well, let's hurry back and defend now. So, to me, it's a more of a commitment from the team to put pucks past defensemen. Whether it could be passes, it could be chips off the wall. And, and this is the thing that gets lost sometimes in the, I guess, the explanation of it all is people think that if you're putting pucks behind the opposition or chipping it behind the defense, well, you're just a dump and chase team. Well, no, you're not. I mean, what you're trying to do is create team speed to get into the offensive zone. Does anybody really care how you did it? No. 
as long as you sustain that pressure when you're when you're there. I don't 100%. care how you do it either. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, and so, but this is the thing right now where the frame of mind I think for some of the Blues players is, you know, they've gotten so happy with just possessing the puck at times, but not in the right areas. So we played a lot of time in the neutral zone, a lot of time in the defensive zone, and we haven't played very much time in the offensive zone. And just because you're touching the puck doesn't necessarily mean that you're creating anything. And so possessing the puck in the defensive zone or in the neutral zone, it it, it doesn't equate to creating offensive opportunities. So where you have to possess the puck is in the offensive zone. Mm -hmm. And once you can do that on a consistent basis – now you can start to generate, you can work plays, you can work cycles, you can guys who pop out in the middle, get a one-timer, whatever it is. But until this team overall, not, not just like a couple of guys, but the team overall, until this team can learn to um, you know, produce offensively as far as keeping the puck in the zone, then like, they're going to they're gonna struggle. You have to be able to possess the puck in the offensive zone. When you're spending... When you're spending 30% of the game in the offensive zone and 70% of the game in the defensive zone, that you, you cannot survive that way. Yeah. So I'm not saying they're going to flip it on its head and all of a sudden tonight play 70% of the game in the offensive zone, but you have to start closing that gap a little bit. You definitely need more sustained offensive zone time. And if you don't do that, it's going to be a long season. You know the guy I'm, I'm loving to watch right now, and I know he takes a, a lot of heat here in St. Louis, Jamie, but, man, Colton Pareko has been fun to watch. What what do you see as being the difference, right? Is it health? Is it confidence? Combination of both? Or just this is the next progression in, 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 in what is what could be a really good career? Yeah, well, you know, I feel vindicated a little bit here recently because, you know, I've been pounding that drum for a year now that, this guy's a good defenseman. He's a very good player. Uh, is he elite? Well, maybe not. Who cares? He's very good. And what I see from Colton Pareko is he's actually kind of simplified his game. I think that I think that Colton Pareko got into his own head a little bit, as we all would. It will go back to the infamous, you know, alpha dog comment by Doug Armstrong. Sometimes when you hear those things or when you think the expectations are that you have to be a Victor Hedman or a Drew Doughty or an Alex Petrangelo you start to think that, oh, I need to make bigger, better plays. I need to make outstanding plays. And I found Colton Pareko last year in particular at the start of the season where he was holding on to the puck, not moving his feet and holding on to the puck and holding on to the puck and then until there's nothing left out there and then just trying to make a play. It doesn't work in the NHL. You have to be very assertive. And so what I'm seeing this year with them is if there's no play there immediately – He's moving his feet. Mm-hmm. He's getting up the ice. And, you know, he takes two strides and he's out of the zone. And I think for me, when that happens, it establishes a certain level of confidence in the player that, well, if you take away all my passing options, I can just skate it up the ice. And if you try to take me away, then I'll pass it to the open guy. And so I think offensively, he's been very good that way. And defensively, he's been also been able to use his footwork. He's got, he's a great skater, man. For a big guy, sure he is. takes great angles on the puck. He closes guys out. He's laid the body a little bit more so far this season. The front of the net, he has been very strong. He's picked up sticks and shoved bodies out of there. This is the Colton Pareko that, you know, I think everyone envisioned, uh, certainly Doug Armstrong envisioned when he gave him that contract. And I said this the other day, Anthony, and you're my witness to it, that the people of St. Louis are going to be happy that you're paying Colton Pareko $6.5 million for the number of years that he has because it's going to be a bargain in three years. Yeah. 
Jamie Rivers, Dan McLaughlin, Anthony Stalzer. It's Fast on 101 ESPN. The Blues and the Flames, they will uh, go at it tonight as the Blues start game one of a back-to-back as they continue their Canadian trip. We, we've we got the action for you tonight on 101 ESPN and on the Blues radio network. 8 o'clock, the puck will drop, uh, and we have our pregame show, show starting at 7 o'clock. Sports six-pack is next. 314-399-9646, the Air Comfort Service text, text line. Question one, please. Question one, please. We'll be next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. Time for the Sports Six back here on the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Dan McLaughlin. I'm Anthony Stalter. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, question one, please. Question number one. <laughs> is it John Miller asking for that? No, that's a, it's a combination of just I'm not sure and John Miller. Okay. But John Miller would say, uh, question one, please. That's how he would be. And there's Jamie with boots on the ground and Calgary and his uh, uh, Stalter and, and Marshy's here. And away we go. Awesome. Go ahead, Marshy. From the 980. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious, what is the national media or what the national media is seeing in the Blues at the local media who sees the team regularly and has access to the teams more often don't see? Because it seems that the national media for the past two years have been right on what they expect out of this team, whereas the local media doesn't. Ah, oh, the local media, we're just soft. 100%. <laughs> I mean, Jamie, go right ahead. Jamie, go right ahead. Bunch of homers we are. (laughs) He's shaking his head. (laughs) That's the the bottom line. Well, Dan, thank you. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Jamie. You guys are great. You know that. um, I think it's easier for national media, to your point, Dan, I think it's easier for national media to just fire out there and be negative if they want. Don't you think it's a bunch hip? of it's a bunch of hit and runs, man? And they don't see it every day like the local guys do, period. Well, yeah, that's it, exactly. So if they're wrong, who cares, right? Like, that's the thing, is that you can, as a national guy, be like, well, this team's going to be bottom of the pack. Mm-hmm. And if you're wrong, nobody really cares. But locally... If you're the media guy or you're working with the team or the network that covers the team or the network that covers the radio aspect of it all, if you're shooting from the hip there, that's just irresponsible. Like, you should be discussing the things that you have knowledge of or you have an opinion based upon knowledge that you personally have regarding a situation. You just can't shoot from the hip when you're the local media. You you get discredited quickly. Um, you know, the fans will just not like it. The players won't like it. The organizations won't like it. It's just uh, you, you have to be very sure of yourself. If you're going to be negative, it has to be in a productive way. As that sounds crazy. And not just like flying off, just being whatever. Well, you teach me the game. And, and that's what I love about watching what you do. You, you teach me things about the game, which I appreciate. And the other part of this is that you're in the you're in the weeds, man. When you're a local media guy and you're with the team, 
you're getting things that the national media just doesn't get. And I'm telling you, and Jamie can attest to this, you're not getting it at the rink. You're getting it uh, at the coffee shop. You're getting it at a restaurant. You're getting on a bus. You're getting on a plane. National media is never around those, ever. Zero percent. And those guys are. And so if you're going to protect some of the sources you get, you're not going to sit there and just do hit and runs on people. You're going to treat it with respect so that you can continue to get the information that you get. And that is how it works, period. Well, the the other aspect, too, about being that, you know, in, in the national media is you're really just looking at a glimpse of the team because you're covering essentially 30 teams. You know, or 32 teams. Exactly. So you're you're really kind of it is a drive by. I don't even necessarily know that if it's dri- it's a drive by, and from a negative standpoint, it's just simply a drive by. You're getting a glimpse of the team. You're looking at a couple of things, and then you're moving on to the next team. So, you know, from that perspective, national guys may may look at the Blues, look at what they did last year, look at what they did or didn't do in the off season, and say, ah, this team's not much better, and keep moving on. To the, to the next team. Well, t- today's a great example. If you asked the national media about Jacob Verana being a healthy scratch and then listen to Jamie explain why he's a healthy scratch, where do you think you're going to get better information? The guy that's the Yeah, the guy mm-hmm. that's been in the office of Craig Berube that knows Jacob Verana, sure. that talks to the players. So that's where you're going to get it from, and that's why Jamie is outstanding. Truly, I mean this, outstanding in what he does. No doubt. I learn things, but also the info comes our way, so that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Question two, Thank please. Ah, you, oh, you bet, you bet, buddy, and I mean it. Question number two from the three one four: Does this team, aka the Blues, have the speed and skill players to keep the puck in the offensive zone? Their most skilled players are small, and the second and third line appear to be a step slower than last year. That is from Drew. Okay, so so let's go back, and I'm not talking Stanley Cup team because obviously anytime you can go back in recent history and just reference a Stanley Cup team, say, like, oh, that's that's easy. That's a layup. But if we do look at the roster of that team and the roster the following year, where the Blues were first place in the league heading into the bubble, you had Robert Thomas on that team. You had Tyler Bozak on that team. You had other guys that were smaller players on those teams. Yet you were a puck possession team that played down low and worked the cycle. So how is that possible, Hmm. right? Based on that comment, you shouldn't be able to do it. Playing down low with the puck, possessing the puck, really has very little to nothing to do with size. It's the ability to protect the puck. David Perron. David Perron is six feet tall at best. 185, 90-ish pounds. You can't get the damn thing off his stick. Yeah. You can't. I've seen every defenseman, every guy in the league lose their mind at some point because you can't get the puck off his stick because he protects it so well, he's strong on the puck, and he competes. So possessing the puck in the offensive zone, quite honestly, it's a mindset, first of all, that one, you're not going to lose the puck battle. And Craig Bruby talks about it all the time. Compete, compete, compete. And, and talking to other coaches on this trip, other management, talking to Craig Conroy today, who's the general manager of the Calgary Flames, former Blues player, tremendous hockey player. And we were both talking about the compete level and how practices need to drive more competition for guys to be able to drag that into battle when they play games. So for me, that's where it all kind of starts and ends. I think this team is set up fine to possess the puck offensively. You've got Kevin Hayes, who's 6'5". Not a physical guy, but he protects the puck well. 
Uh, Oscar Sundquist's a big guy. Alexei Tormchenko's a big guy. Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo are so skilled to handle the puck. So for me, it's um, it's a matter of being willing to pass up the opportunity for a cutesy wootsy play that may or may not work and to bear down and keep the puck in the trenches and then just outcompete the opposition. Question three, please. Question number three. <laughs> From the 636, if you could design a custom suit, what design or pattern would it be? Mm. And why is it Jamie's wallpaper? The Jamie's wow. wallpaper oh. is pretty interesting. That's loud. That's really loud, guys. It is. I uh, I talked about it yesterday here. It's a wonderful hotel here up in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. It's freezing damn cold out there. Yeah, how cold but, is it, buddy? Is it is it already hit? Oh, yeah. It was like, you know, you remember leaving? I don't know if you remember the Saddle Dome, Danny. Oh, sure. But you walk out that door in the parking lot. Just and, the wind uh, hits you and you're, yeah, I yep, remember. Right in the face like a frozen frying pan. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I was like, son of a. But, uh, yeah, so it's cold here. Uh, good good old hockey weather, we'll call it. And, uh, yeah. So as far as the wallpaper here, I don't really understand what they're going for. They, they did match it to the uh, the beautiful chair or couch that I have in here, which was much appreciated, which oh, I wow. used twice, twice this trip to nice. sit down and have a little bite to eat. But, uh, yeah, my suit. <laughs> uh, it was used for a bite of, to eat, right? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what he said, Dan. Okay, yeah. All right. Yeah. Bite to eat. You got it. So as far as a suit pattern is concerned, I like pinstripes. I like that a lot. So that'd be it. Wouldn't be this one. Dan, you've you've worn many a many suit a before. Suit. What, yeah. would, what would be your choice? Uh, I like the, I don't know what you'd call them, but going back to like the 1920s, the double-breasted thing uh-huh. that they have going now, I, I dig those. More people are starting to come out with those. Yeah. I like those. Is that the, okay, so you're talking about the suit jacket? Yeah, yeah. the suit yeah, jacket. it's... it's he likes the two breasts. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, I like that as it well. Folds over. Double breasted. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Preferable. I, mm-hmm. I like the. I was. I always like the vest looked look too. Mm. I was like like back suit. Yeah. I got one of those. I like that. It was like back in the day, you know, you see those uh, mobster movies. And yeah. The, the guys are talking the vest about. on and yeah. the hat on. Is that Italian That's, in you? You're damn right. I always like that. Think of the. Think, now, Anthony, I here's where I, I picture my Anthony. Okay? <laughs> oh, this is, should be good. I picture my Anthony uh-huh. in a uh, like white suit with black pinstripes down. Okay. Three piece suit, <laughs> of course. Yeah. He's got that that vest buttoned all the way up to just about you know, just above like say we'll we'll, we'll use nipple height as reference. My okay. goodness. All right. <laughs> and um, is the is no the, shirt on though? Is the no vest, shirt is that on. right? Is the vest black? Or like, no. is it white no, and then black on the back? No, it's okay. a, yes, that, that would be a good touch. Yeah. But uh, I, I picture my Anthony with that suit on with no shirt so that all of his chest hair can be just out ah, there mm. for the world in all its glory mm-hmm. with like a couple of gold chains that are you know, resting in the sure. deep, thick, dark chest hair. Yeah. Boy, that, that's gold cross. With the hat. <laughs> with the hat on. Yeah. John Davidson yeah. would have been a very... Much in approval of that. Yeah, yeah, he would. He would. JD lo- would. He would love that. That would have been my uh, showing off the chest hair and everything. Yeah, you betcha. Yeah, that that would have been my um, going out, going out before I rob a bank suit. Ah, back yeah. in the day. Oh no, that would be your Stalter Saturday night right there. Okay, my, all right, partying. I like just it. about to hit the uh, dance floor. It will fire up chips. <laughs> 
I love it. That's Jamie Rivers. That's Dan McLaughlin. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. And we've got hot take or hot garbage next. So if you got a hot take or hot garbage, you can send it into the Air Comfort Service tax line right now. 314-399-9646. And then Jamie, Danny Mac, and myself will talk about whether or not it's pure hot garbage or hot take next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Dan McLaughlin and... Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. Hey, we have a chance right now to win a pair of tickets to see Metallica next Sunday night, November 5th at the Dome at America Center. Metallica playing a huge no-repeat weekend next Friday and Sunday. Two different sets, two different opening acts. Two-night tickets and single-show tickets are both on sale right now. Get all the details and find a bonus chance to win a pair of free tickets for Metallica now at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 mobile app. Here's your question. When Dan McLaughlin fills in, Mm. inevitably, over the course of a show... He will impersonate John Miller. No, Dan. What? That was going to be the trivia question. Oh. I wasn't paying attention because uh, I was actually reading a text from somebody that sent that to me. That's like when we were doing the one show and I said uh, it was the whatever, four or six pack. No, it was the hot or hot take or hot garbage. No, it wasn't hot take or hot garbage. (laughs) You were poop. Whatever the hell they call it, it was uh, the trivia thing, and I messed up the trivia oh, the thing. Gauntlet. Oh, the gauntlet. Yeah, and you said, yeah. okay, Dan, what is that? I go, ah, Green Bay. And you're like, no, you can't give the answers already. Go, ah. Then we're down to three questions. Here's okay. the actual question. Who was John Miller's partner on Sunday Night Baseball? There you go. Anybody anybody that you know appreciates the, the old Sunday Night Baseball crew would know that one. Nice job, Marsh. Did you see that? Marsh just completely turned that Wait up. Wait a minute. Are you guys talking about Joe Morgan? <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> You know what? 101st texter into the Air Comfort Service tax line that just says something very positive about Dan. We'll get the Oh, no, that's that's going to get really negative. It's got to be positive, okay? It's got to be positive, or else you won't get the Metallica tickets, okay? Now you screwed me. Yeah, this is going to be bad. People on the uh, text line asking me where my mannequin is today. Do you have a mannequin? I do. Where yeah, is where, it? Yeah, where is that mannequin? Oh, well, I'll go get it. Hang on. So okay. You guys can carry it from here. This let's, is good improv radio. Let's see. Let's see how the hundred and first texter, one hundred and one texter, is going to come in let, and get those tickets. You got to be. You got to say something nice. No. Uh, right. Let's see. A lot of Joe Morgan coming in. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of John. <laughs> A lot of. I'm John Miller alongside Joe Morgan. I wasn't listening. <laughs> well, you were listening the second time. You I just gotta completely get back. sabotaged that. I got to get back in the swing of things, Unbelievable. man. Unbelievable. I'm sorry, Anthony. <laughs> I screwed okay. everything up. It's fine. There are, there are worse things to <laughs> screw up here. All right. Uh, Mannequin's back. Nice. There's the mannequin right there. Oh, nice. Jamie's mannequin. All right, let's play Hot Take or Hot Garbage. All right, uh, Hot Take or Hot Garbage, Joe Morgan. <laughs> All the text messages are Joe Morgan now. <laughs> All right, no, then I'm let's kidding. Then I'm let's kidding. Save. I got it. I got we it. We can just, save this. I'm just messing with you. I thought you pulled the questions already. I My do. Bad. I have them. I'm just messing with you. All from right. the 314, hot taker, hot garbage. This will be the least interesting World Series aside from mm. the COVID year in the last 20 years. I think it's a I hot take. Hot garbage. Ooh. Hot garbage. 
Why do you say that, uh, Jamie? You bite your tongue, McLaughlin. I Hot am garbage. biting it because I already screwed the segment up. But go ahead. <laughs> what? Okay, but but you if you're saying that, Jamie, then you got to like what was a a. a oh, you don't think I have a, an opinion on it? No, no, no. What's you're calling me out? <laughs> what other matchup do you not like? What are you talking about? The question, the statement was the 20th century, right, Marsh? The last 20 years. So, okay, yeah. so the last, sorry, the last uh, 20 years. Well, the COVID years sucked. I didn't like that. Well, aside was, like, from the COVID year. Aside from the COVID year. You know what, guys? There's too many <laughs> freaking parallel questions. Okay? I got this one right This is one of the best excited. segments we've it's ever great. done in radio. I love I'm excited it. about this year's World Series for the Texas Rangers, which means the Diamondbacks are probably going to win. Probably. <laughs> I, I want a team to win, like a first in franchise history. Like, Danny, you know this. We had the Blues here forever. No Stanley Cup, no Stanley Cup, no Stanley Cup. Finally, they win a damn cup, which was awesome. I'm looking at the Rangers the same way. Going, they, they've never won the, the World Series. It would be cool to see that happen. Yeah, I, I think it'd be great for the city. I think it'd be cool to see Bruce Bochy win because Bochy goes against computers. And I, I, so I'm all about that. You know, he's not just the typical, okay, this guy, he's got the fourth, and this guy's going to get the fifth, and this guy's up to too many pitches, and I don't want to. He, he still manages by gut. Not all the time. He takes in everything he's got mm-hmm. and manages by gut. I like that. Get me back to more of that. The problem I see when I said it was a hot take, I, I think it's a hot take because if you ask the average sports fan out there tell me about the arizona diamondbacks and they go yeah i mean luis gonzalez was great <laughs> and uh you know the, the <laughs> paul goldschmidt used to play for him i mean they have no idea who they no. are and most of the country randy doesn't johnson know sure was good yeah randy johnson and Schilling were a hell of a one-two punch <laughs> so <laughs> I, I i am more interested in this one than royals mats i was just about to say that just oh, about to God, say that yeah good call anthony like the Good Royals, call. the Royals playing the Giants. At least you had the the okay. Well, the Royals mm-hmm. we haven't been in a while. That's exciting. And the Giants were going for their third in less than five years. So you had that dynasty feel to it. Not that that was an attractive matchup, but the following year being Royals and Mets, nah. Rockies, Red Sox in 07 was boring. What? I know it was a sweep, but Matt going Holiday into was that. on that team. You know what made that one great was Albert the Matt fact Holiday. that A Rod came out in the middle of the series and said, "Oh, by the way, I'm getting extended for 250 million dollars." In the middle of game, I think it was three of the World Series <laughs> no came out deal. and did that. I mean, that's why perfect platform for oh, it. <laughs> and it's one of the things that they um, one of the reasons why they. They don't want teams to come out and say things like during the World mm-hmm. Series and make announcements is because they don't want to take away yeah. the main stage from their mm-hmm. what is their great product, the, the World Series. Mm-hmm. That's why we didn't get a press conference. Yeah, yeah, oh, you don't boy. want to take away headlines. I, I'm, I'm, oh, uh, here's an interesting one. People were probably going to hate me for saying this, but at the time, was the Cardinals and Tigers that big of a draw nationwide in 2006? Uh, nationwide, probably no. not. I, no. I I was in Detroit during that year, so there was a lot of storylines because the Tigers have been so bad. Jamie, you were there too. The Tigers oh, yeah. have been so bad for so long that mm-hmm. locally, it was sure. that was exciting. But no, not national. And remember, if you're Major League Baseball, there's no doubt you wanted the Mets to take over the Cardinals mm-hmm. in 06 because mm-hmm. you're getting the New York fan base, you're getting mm-hmm. that New York market. And that's where I think if you're Major League Baseball, you're like, ugh. Can't say it obviously, but you're like, man, we had the Phillies and we have Dallas Fort Worth. We get the Philadelphia market. 
So television-wise, it's a good sale. Yeah. And now you got Arizona, who nobody knows who's going to be watching. It's going to be tough. Yeah. No tough sell. Nobody knows. Uh, last one here from the 636. Hot take or hot garbage. If Tory Krug doesn't record a, po- record a point on the road trip, he'll be a healthy scratch when the Blues come home. Joe Morgan. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's hot garbage. And <laughs> here's why. is I know that Tory Krug has been a bit of a lightning rod for Blues fans here in the last year. His overall game has been good, though. Mm-hmm. This season, like, trust me, I watch all the games in detail, and then I'm even a psychopath sometimes and go back and clip video and make sure that I what I'm seeing is true and that I'm not just like imagining things. Tory Krug, although the power play needs to be better, bottom line, and he's a big part of that, but he still he's able to make those plays, but defensively, he's been better, yeah. He has been. He's been closing out plays. He's been competing. He's not a big guy. Uh, he has done a much better job in front of the net, picking up sticks and moving bodies. So, you know, I don't think that we're at the point where Tory Krug is a healthy scratch. Um, I think that I really believe that your top four defensemen have been fine. And overall, your defensive core has been fine through the season. So I'm not ready to push the panic button. The only scenario I could see where something happens to Tory Krug's ice time, and I'm not even talking about healthy scratch, just ice time overall, is if Scott Perunovic comes out here tonight, which he's in the lineup <laughs> tonight, he will see power play time, I guarantee it. But what if he unlocks something offensively on the power play? What if the power play gets two goals tonight and Scott Perunovic has two points on that? What if four games from now Scott Perunovic has four points on the power play in his first four games played. What if your power play scoring more? At some point, he has to take up Tory Krug's ice time. So that's the that's the scenario I see it happening in. And even at that point, you might just get more of a split power play than a power play one, power play two, or benching anybody. That's Jamie Rivers. That's Dan McLaughlin. I'm Anthony Seltzer. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Speaking of the Blues, how can they stop this trend of being outshot? Jamie's got some ideas on that. Next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Jamie, how can the Blues stop this trend of being outshot? Because this is this has been an early trend thus far. It's a good time to stop it with back-to-back games coming up. Yeah. Well, what they should do is shoot Possess more the, than the opponent. Possess the puck, shoot more. Okay. Yeah. We got the gauntlet coming up next here in the fast lane. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, you wanted more. Well, have you expand, you know, for about six minutes okay. or so. All right. Well, here goes. Um, <laughs> now, all jokes aside, it's not like the team goes out there purposely. Like the players go out there and say, you know what? We're going to frustrate Blues fans. We're not going to shoot the puck today. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it. I'd rather just skate around with it. Shoot. That always helps. That's for sure. But no, this team has to generate more pucks to the net. And this is not just a, a now problem. It's been a problem for the last season as well. Last year, Craig Ruby uh, was asked that question several different times. And look, Chief, when the, when the roster was blessed with really good puck possession, I don't mean players, just puck possession. You know, Chiefs stressed quality over quantity. And 
you understand why, because there's some teams that just throw the puck at the net from everywhere. And Anthony, you and I have discussed this before. A lot of times that's just a turnover. Mm-hmm. You're throwing the puck on net, the goalie handles the puck, moves it to the defenseman, and they're gone the other way. And now you're playing defense. So Craig Bruby preferred to have high percentage shots coming from inside the dots. Now, <clears throat> somewhere along the way, that has gotten that that has grown its own entity to where now even inside the dots, sometimes blues players are looking elsewhere with the puck. And you know, there's three players in particular that are the regular offenders, but they're also your most creative guys offensively. And that's Pavel Buchnevich, Robert Thomas, and Jordan Cairo. By far, in my opinion, your three most talented players on the team, but that doesn't necessarily equate to keeping it simple. So for me, if I'm Craig Berube and the staff, to which I know they are, because I talk to these guys every day, I'm at the practices, I pregame skate and listening to everything that's going on, they want more volume to the net. Now, in order to do that, you also have to have bodies that get to the net. And this is something I've always said as a coach, as an analyst, and anything breaking down the game of hockey, you can't just funnel pucks to the net. Because again, that's just a shot on net from anywhere, it doesn't matter. You have to funnel bodies to the net. So if I'm the St. Louis Blues. Mm, we lost Jamie there for yeah, a second. We lost Jamie. Yeah. Everything just froze. Man. Everything froze from oh, Calgary. We might. Jamie, you with us? All right, we'll try to get I think Jamie we lost on. him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, if you were the St. Louis Blues, what yes. would you do, Anthony? Shoot the puck. Shoot the puck. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, possess the puck, then shoot the puck. Um we might have Jamie back now. No, he's shaking his head. He's shaking his head. He's disgusted. He's disgusted right now. Yeah, yeah. Marsh, you had a you had a comment. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask Jamie this, and maybe we'll get him working here in a second. But Go I, ahead, I'm Marsh. wondering if if the team needs to be, or if they're too unselfish. Like, do they need to be a little bit more selfish with the puck? Because we talked about it at the beginning of the show. You know, sometimes they look for that extra pass. They look to be cute to try and find that open man. Curbs even touched on it that they've been missing out on opportunities because they're making one too many passes. Um, and it looks like we got Jamie back. Jamie? I'm back. Hey, there you hey. go. Hey. Yeah. Jamie, Sorry, I, guys. I was just talking with these guys, and I wanted to ask you, are, are the Blues too unselfish? Like, Do they need to be more selfish with the puck inside the offensive zone? Absolutely. Absolutely. And... and I think that that's the biggest thing is they're always trying to set up their teammate for a goal. Right? We talked about this, I think it was yesterday or the day before, to where Pavel Buchnevich, you know, calls himself a playmaker, yet he's a 30-goal scorer. Jordan Cairo calls himself a playmaker first, and he's a 37-goal scorer. You're a goal scorer, man. Shoot the puck. Mm-hmm. Shoot the puck. You get the opportunity. You have to take that moment because the NHL is a really tough lead to score in, and defensively teams play pretty damn good. So when you get those chances, you know you should take advantage of that. So yes, I think that at times, uh, to a fault, they're too unselfish out there. I'd like to see a guy get down, just bury the shot every time he gets it. Tell you what, I used to say that when I was playing junior hockey. So you guys can pass it around all you want on the power play. When you want to shoot the puck, give it to me. Mm-hmm. And I just shoot the puck every single freaking time because at some point you have to try and generate pucks to the net. And again, I don't know where I cut out before, but bodies to the net is important. You can't just shoot pucks with nobody in front. You have to get lots of traffic there for screens, deflections, or rebounds. Yeah, you know, when it comes to uh, the, the changes, too, that the, the Blues made 
I wonder. I realize when when Baruby's talking about the back to back games, the the defense, and you know having having uh, this this current setup, it, it'll benefit for the the two games. But I just wonder if it'll also lead to maybe a simplified game overall, and maybe eliminate some of the things that Marsh is talking about, where it's it's one extra pass as opposed to one extra shot on net. Maybe this will simplify it for a game or two, and then they can get back on track and say. Here's here's the film, boys. This is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for this style of offense simplified. Yeah, I think it might. You know, one would hope. I think that look, there's a couple of factors that, that go into tonight's game too. Is the Calgary Flames are kind of in the same boat as the Blues, uh, and and they're not great five on five as a hockey club. Um, so you know, maybe that's an opportunity for your team to generate offensively. Uh, there will be a little intensity surrounding the game. Of course, you've got Nazem Kadri, you know, public enemy number one. So that kind of, you know, elevates the, the game a little bit. You got Joel Hofer, who will be starting for you tonight uh, in between the pipes. And there should be a, a certain awareness of that, too. Mm-hmm. You don't want to screw around with the pucks too much. You want to get an opportunity to score goals and get the lead and, and help the young man out a little bit. So I think all of those things can factor into it. But at the end of the day, it's just a mindset. Like, it's a mindset. Get over the blue line, shoot the puck, get bodies to the net, create chaos. If you don't have the shot, put it in the corner, possess the puck until you do get an opportunity. And one thing the Blues can do a much better job of, of doing is using their defensemen in the offensive zone. And, and I don't mean, like, activating them to be a part of the rush or part of the play down in front of the net, but moving the puck out high and then going D to D with it and getting pucks through. What that does is it it pulls the opposing defenders. It, they have to you know, expand their coverage. They can't just shrink to the house and just wait. They have to leave the house to go out and front those shots. And that gives opportunity to where the Blues have done a great job of this too, their defensemen, is moving six to eight inches one way or the other and then firing the puck through and there's traffic in front and things like that. Like look at Colton Pareko's goal the, the other net against Pittsburgh. It went low to high, so up high to Colton Pareko. And Oscar Sundquist was in front of the net, and Colton Pareko did not hesitate. He shot the puck at the net. It was a bomb. It was a 95-mile-an-hour bomb. But still, nonetheless, he didn't hesitate, and he get a goal out of it. Yeah. So I think using the defenseman as part of your puck possession and offense in the offensive zone will create more shots on net. Tonight, you've got the Blues and you've got the Flames. The coverage right here on 101 ESPN starting at 7 o'clock for the pregame. The puckle job in Calgary at 8 o'clock. We've got the gauntlet next in the fast lane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. This is Fastlane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Dan McLaughlin. I'm Anthony Stalter, and Travis is the latest contestant in the gauntlet. What's up, Travis? How's it going, Anthony? Doing very well, my friend. First time in the gauntlet or no? Uh, First time in the gauntlet, but I did the uh, 4 o'clock fight three times. How'd you do against against Randy? uh, I beat... Uh, well, I beat Brad twice to get to Randy, mm. and uh, ah. Randy killed He, he killed me. Mm, okay. He killed me. All right. Happens. Well, still, you got some game to you. So, uh, would you like to take on Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, or me today? Uh, I'm going to take you on today, sir. Oh, there was wow. no hesitation oh, yeah, there, there either. Yeah. 
Normally, when uh, when when the contestant uses my first name, I, I feel like I'm yeah, a, there's something there. I'm about to get it. Yeah. So yeah, Travis, good luck to you. <laughs> and you guys are having a really nice conversation. We certainly too. were. I was enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, wow! All of a sudden, right hook from now, Tyson. Now I got to fight him. Yeah. So, and you, right. you would like football if it lands on fast lane picks, please. Yes. Okay. Uh, please. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. That, that would be fine. <laughs> All right, Anthony. Put an egg in your shoe and beat it. Get the uh, cone of silence there. Uh, Andrew, if you could be so kind as to send me the questions uh, for whatever it lands on, would be great. Yep. Right now, Travis, what I need you to do is sp- tell Marshy to spin that wheel. Marshy, spin that wheel. Travis, what are you hoping to get today? Uh, anything but the random. Okay, all right. Well, let's see here. The wheel has landed. I can't see what it is from here, so maybe my good friends, uh, Dan, or... Oh, actually, hang on. I do see it. And, Travis, I am so sorry. It looks like it's random. You bet it is, Jamie. Good eyes there in Calgary. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a long way from Calgary, but I picked up a vibe on there you that go. one for sure. So, all right. While Marshy sends me the questions here, um, Travis, this is the way it works. There's going to be four questions. Each of them worth two points if you answer them without using the options. If you use the options and answer them correctly, it's only worth one point. And if you answer incorrectly, it's worth zero points. All right, Marshy, you're going to have to lead us off again today. So, Travis, if you're ready, Andrew Marsh is ready with question number one. All right, Travis, question number one. What sports league does EPL stand for? Uh, Soccer English Premier League. Final answer. Final answer. All right, Marshy, looks like you've got question number two, please. Ah, looks like we're uh, dealing with some of the same issues as yesterday, huh? Yep, Canadian Wi-Fi up here, so go ahead, sir, you got this. All right, question number two, Travis, to win a Grand Slam, a tennis player must win the U.S. Open, Australian Open, Wimbledon, and which other tournament? Uh, U.S. Open. Would you like me to, to, is that your final answer, or would you like me to reread the question? Yeah, yeah, go ahead and do the question again. I'm sorry. Okay, question is, to win a Grand Slam, a tennis player must win the U.S. Open, Australian Open, Wimbledon, and which other tournament? Yeah, I'll take the options. Options are the LeVar Cup, ATP Final, or French Open? French Open, final answer. All right, Marsha, you've got question number three. All right, question number three. Fill in the blank. The speed of a computer mouse is measured in MPS, also known as blank per second. Minutes? Final answer. And I'm just going to go ahead and... Uh, yeah, I'll take the options. That didn't even make sense what I said. Ah, you said final answer, though, Travis. We, we got a final answer on that one, Travis. Hey, you know what? I'll take it. We'll be all right. All right, so question number four. What is the southernmost country in Africa? Um... 
Uh, I'll take the options. Options are Les Sofo, if I'm saying that correctly, Madagascar, or South Africa. Mm, Lesotho. Final answer? Final answer. All right, let's bring back Anthony. How are you feeling today, Travis? I don't feel too bad other than the one question. <laughs> yeah, these, right. were, these were pretty tough. Jamie, any luck with the uh, questions today? Yeah, I'm good to go, Marshy. So I'll start off with question number one for Anthony right after he packs a lunch. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anthony? Oh, no. The wheel has spun random. Okay, I'm Question ready. number one. Question number one. What sports league does EPL stand for? The English Premier League. Final answer. Question number two. To win a Grand Slam, a tennis player must win the U.S. Open, Australian Open, Wimbledon, and which other tournament? You said Wimbledon. Say that again. Wimbledon. US, US Open, Open. Australian Open, Wimbledon, and which other tournament? The French Open. They have to win the French Open. Final answer. All right, Antonio, question number three. Fill in the blank. The speed of a computer mouse is measured in MPS, also known as blank per second. I know this one for sure. Uh, hmm. I'm just having <clears throat> a difficult time remembering it, Jamie, so I'll save everybody some time hmm. uh, and, and just get the options, please. Hmm. That's really nice of you, Anthony. Yeah, that's yeah, no problem. Um, all right. Is it Mickey's per second, millimeters? per second or movement per second I'm just going to go movement because it makes the most common sense so movement final answer we're moving and shaking baby question number four Anthony what is the southernmost country in Africa oh boy the southernmost country in Africa I took uh, geography mm. Is one of my prereqs at uh, Central Michigan University, guys. Fire up chips. Fire up chips, baby. Mm. I can see the map of Africa right now. I'm sure you can. It's a beautiful map. <laughs> um, I'll take the options, please. <laughs> it's a beautiful map. Very mm. colorful. <laughs> the way they do it, they, you know. For sure. Yeah, they use all the beautiful colors. Certainly. Yeah, we'll see what... Uh, what you get here. Uh, options are Lesotho, Madagascar, South Africa. <laughs> What's the southernmost, you said? What is the southernmost country in Africa? Well, I mean, I'll just go with South Africa, that seems. Maybe that's too obvious, but I'll go with South South Africa. Final answer. Final answer. And the way Jamie's right. looking okay. at me, I don't feel confident about that. Well, you know, Anthony, let's go over these. Um, let's see here. Question number one. What sports league does EPL stand for? Travis, without the options, you said English Premier. Anthony, very confidently without the options, you said English Premier League. Answer is... It is the English Premier League. Where do you go, Travis? It sure is. 2-2 two, two after one. Let's go to question number three. 
Fill in the blank. The speed of a computer mouse, remember that word, is measured in MBS. Oh, no. Also known as blank per second. Travis, you didn't use the options. You said minutes. But then you said final answer. And then you said, no, no, take back, take back. But then you were honorable. I said, no, I said final answer. So very honorable. Anthony, you said movement with the options. Mm -hmm. Answer is. It is Mickey's. Mm. Oh, Mickey Mouse. Mickey get Mouse. it, guys? I get there it. There you go. Tra two, two, Travis, two. did you know that? No, I said minutes per second. That didn't even make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, next one here. Let's go to question <laughs> number four. What is the southernmost country in Africa? Travis, you said Lesotho. Anthony, you said hey, southern, right? Uh, South Africa. <laughs> Answer Sounds is. Exactly how I sounded. Anthony, you're absolutely correct. It is South Africa. <laughs> Anthony used the options of 3-2 headed into our final question. To win a Grand Slam, a tennis player must win the U.S. Open, Australian Open, Wimbledon, and what other tournament? Travis, you said the French Open. Anthony, you said the French Open. The answer is... It is the French Open. Travis used the options. Anthony didn't. So, Travis... You have chosen... Poorly. You lose. <laughs> he got you, buddy. He got you. What? What a simple, simple answer. South Africa. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, sometimes, Travis. Sometimes it works, right? Southernmost country. That makes it made sense. So, uh, yeah, it sure did. Thanks for thanks for playing, Travis. Thanks for listening. Yeah, too. no problem. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was our pleasure. Thank thanks, you. Travis. Take you care, it, buddy. Take care, man. Nice. I love sometimes how common sense, you know. When you when you're asked these questions and you're like ah that one makes the most sense I won't go with that one, mm. but that time it it worked out so. You did real good, Anthony. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> All right, that's Jamie Rivers. <laughs> Dan McLaughlin's with us too. Jamie's with us for the next couple of segments. Does losing talent outweigh previous success? We'll let you let you know where we're coming from with that question. <laughs> next, on one one ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Uh, Jamie's last segment is actually this one. So what we're going to do is we're going to shift things around a little bit and talk about Jamie's keys to the game tonight. As the Blues take on the Calgary Flames. Jamie, take it away. All right, so big game here in Calgary at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Uh, by the way, Jake Neighbors, this is his first game uh, in his career playing his hometown tonight in Calgary. So there's going to be a lot of Jake Neighbors' family and friends at the game. Uh, the young man is very excited for the game tonight. So just thought I'd get that out there. So when people are watching or listening tonight, they realize that Jake's first game here in his hometown. But the keys to the net, or keys to the keys <laughs> to win tonight, uh, pucks to the net. We talked about it at nauseum here recently, and I'm sure Craig Berube is tired of talking about it as well, and I know the players are. So the only way to remedy that is to actually get more pucks to the net. And uh, the strange thing, Anthony, is you have to put pucks to the net in order to score. So yeah. that will hopefully translate into a couple more goals. And 
Side note to this, we talked about earlier, bodies to the net. You have to create a certain level of chaos at the NHL level to disrupt these goaltenders. These guys are big, they're agile, they're skilled, they're really good, and if they can see all the pucks, they're probably going to stop them. So get bodies to the net and pick up some maybe, maybe some of those rebounds and uh, call those playoff goals right there in the blue paint. Next key to the game is build off of the power play. You got some pretty good opportunities last game. Your power play finally got on the board. Tonight you'll have Scott Perunovic in the lineup. Don't know what role he will play ultimately with the power play, but you have to continue to build on what you started here last game and try to create something that's an advantage for your team with the power play. Next key is be physical. This is... Oh, I think we just lost Jamie again. We did. Right in the middle of his keys. Mm. So he's going to go about Verona scoring. I, oh, no, wait a minute. He's no. not in there. He's not in Dan, there. Dan, I he? know for a fact he was not going to. Yeah, you got to pay attention, Dan. I yeah, we discussed this attention earlier. earlier. We discussed this earlier. Verona was going to be the odd man out. So if you're going to, when we do our our first goal of the game, Dan, yeah, I highly recommend, as your friend, don't go with him. Don't go Verona. Got it. Yeah. Got it. You're going to come up empty. Got it. And you're going to be frustrated when you tune in. I would be so frustrated. And realize, hot damn, um, Verona's a, a healthy a healthy scratch. Yeah, he's sitting up. Yeah. But I bet Jamie's got a goal, first goal of the game. I'd be curious what T. I I like the idea of going with the hometowners. Mm-hmm. I always think they play with an extra jump. I love that little nugget that, um, that Jamie gave us. It's just... It, I always find it interesting. Yeah, mom and dad, family—they're in the stands, so it's, it always makes it kind of cool. All right, uh, let's see. We're, we should have Jamie back right now. No, 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 no. no. Okay, we're, waiting. The... we're still waiting for him. Oh, I think we got uh, him. Nope. I think we got him. Let's see. No. All right. Why don't we do no. this? Yeah, Jamie, you there? Hey. There we go. There we go. <laughs> He's back. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. This, uh, these new hotels are wonderful, but. They all come with just Wi-Fi. They don't have the old hard wire anymore. It's fine. So even though I carry around a 20-foot cable of Ethernet, <laughs> <laughs> it has just been a spare part on this trip. It's all good. Uh, so the, the hotels, please, at least give me the option in the future. Yeah. Go for it, Jamie. All right, so be physical. You're here in Calgary. This is a physical team. Uh, the crowd here is always a, a great crowd. They're loud. They're boisterous. They're going to get on you. They're going to create a hostile environment, so be physical, establish your presence early in this game, and protect the house for Joel Hofer, who's your young netminder. He didn't do such a great job in his first game against the Arizona Coyotes, so continue to limit those grade-A opportunities and make sure you protect the house for Joel Hofer tonight as he plays his second game of the year. Beautiful. All right. All right. Now, Marshy, why don't you fire that sounder? That Let's was loud. Boys. That was real loud. Oh, so loud. Yeah, was. Get those loose pucks. Thomas to Cairo. Score! Goal! No big deal. Game winner. All right, so Dan, same idea. It's got to be the first Blues goal. Got it. Kind of like the first Cardinals home run when you were playing yeah. the home run derby. I'm all good. Yeah. You're you're the guest. Yeah. You're going to go first. And like I said before, don't choose Jacob Verona. Got it. Yeah, I, I know that one. I'm going Colton Pareko. 
I think he's wow. playing, with, yep, playing with great confidence. Ooh, you slick, you know what? How about they, that? They're, they're stressing the point of let's get pucks on net. And with him, the way that he's skating, the way that he's moving, the fact that he's shooting the puck more, and he's playing with confidence. If I see him playing with confidence, I love it. So I'm going Colton Pareko, smashing one tonight, about okay. 95 to 100 miles an hour. I like smashing it. it. That's my guy. Jamie? I'm going to go with Jake Neighbors tonight. Uh, the hometown young man. kid. Yeah, hometown kid. Scored his first goal against the Penguins when he got elevated in the lineup to play with Kapanen and Braden Shen. And he was one of the best players on the ice the other uh, the other night in Winnipeg. And I think that he's going to have that extra juice, that extra jump in his step. And he's playing on a really good line tonight. He's going to be playing with Kevin Hayes and Torpchenko. Those guys are going to generate at least some opportunities. I see Jake Neighbors getting the goal. Okay. Marsh. I'm going to go with Braden Shen. I think he pots one in the back of the net tonight. Um, maybe maybe someone shoots it and it hits off his body. Maybe a Pavel Buchnevich shoots it and it hits right off his body and it goes in. I see in. what you're doing, Marsh. Yeah, maybe that's what happens. But no, I, I think Braden Shen is scoring tonight first. All right. I got Brandon Saad. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I got the Saad machine tonight. He had the two goals against uh, the Penguins. And I think he tallies the first one tonight. Love it. In Calgary. I absolutely love that mm. pick. Thank you. I love neighbors, too. I'm sorry, Marshy. I don't like yours. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. We wanted the guy to be Marsh. honest. We, yeah, we, you we tell him to come in yeah. into the fast lane and be honest, and he's no. honest, and, and then no we're going to be critical. He's told I had to come in, be honest, and, and pay attention. Yeah. He's done two of those. Things. I've got one or two. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> well, you know what, Dan? I, you know what? I hope Colton Perico scores tonight. Thanks, buddy. I hope he scores a wow, second goal. Taking of the, the game. high road, Marshy. Oh, wow. He surely, well, he certainly is. <laughs> he, he Trojan horsed one there. Yeah. He Trojan horsed one there. Mm-hmm. Sure All right, is. Jamie. We'll see you tonight yeah. on Valley Sports Midwest, man. Get out of here. You got Get it, guys. Have a good yeah. one. Have a great game, buddy. Have see fun. You, buddy. That's Jamie Rivers. He's on Valley Sports Midwest tonight. As again, the Blues take on. The Flames. So I teased this before. Does losing talent outweigh previous success? We're going to apply that to this year's World Series. And, of course, a tie-in to the Cardinals since we're still watching former Cardinals play. A lot of them. A lot of them. A lot of them A lot of them. Yep. That's that's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So Marsh had this thought as he was watching Zach Gallen and Jordan Montgomery and Adolis Garcia do their thing for their respective teams during the postseason. And Marsh, you had a thought when it came to the Cardinals and Mo, and maybe the misevaluation of some of this talent that he he let go by. Yeah, I just want to know your thoughts and obviously the the listeners' thoughts. They can text in three one four three nine 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 six four six. But you know, we we have the 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 conversation of. Well, you know, Mo has this track record of, you know, bringing the team to the LCS, you know, multiple playoff appearances, multiple uh, National League Central titles. Uh, a lot of that, though, for the majority of it, a good chunk of it was in the early 2010s, mm-hmm. which at this point, over 10 years ago. So when you look at it now, we see a lot of these players that they have misevaluated and they have lost out on some really good talent. So I'm just wondering at what point 
do we look at the the longevity and the track record and you know does that outweigh losing a lot of these guys who are showing up in the postseason uh, you know, for me, Dan I, and Marsh, I don't think that you ever take away the success that 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 anybody has. You know, mm-hmm. you can't take away the 2011 World Series run. I know you're not necessarily suggesting no, I'm that, not. I'm or not. if it takes it away. But it was know, a while ago. It, it was a while ago. So it's it's. I think this goes to show. This goes to 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 explain how difficult it is to build a winner and a sustained winner. And the Cardinals have been able to do that from a division standpoint, but obviously we would want to see it more from uh, a playoff standpoint. But here's here's where I'm at with this. I think it goes to show you that Mo and the Cardinals front office were ahead of the times back then and are now behind the times when it comes to building a roster. That That is my opinion. Or it could be they were ahead of the times, which they were. Mm-hmm. I know that for a fact. They were ahead of the times, copycat leagues, teams started seeing what they're doing, they caught up in that regard. Or now, as you look at it, the evaluation of the talent that you have in-house. Where are you at right now? Because yep. if you're letting some of these guys go, like Montgomery doesn't matter to me. Montgomery was a free agent to be, and you were out of the race. You had right. to get something for him. Yep. But the Randy Rosarena deal, yeah, that that's, you know, what, what did you see in-house that others saw in him? Because there are other teams that apparently were in on Randy Rosarena. Anybody could have had a, a Garcia, you know, so that one is kind of to the wayside for me. I don't think Mo gets enough credit for what he did to pull off the Goldschmidt deal. Those players are non-existent that he gave up. The Arenado deal, those players are non-existent to give up, uh, that they gave up. So you got to get him some credit on that one. I think the one, though, that stings for sure is a Rosarena. So what were you doing in evaluation of talent that you had in-house? And that's a fair question. People, though, will not give Mo credit for they the don't. Goldschmidt or the Ar- Arenado deal, which I find would I, which I find to be interesting because we're so willing to say you didn't know what you had in a Rose Arena and you didn't know what you had in a Dulce Garcia, but the other the other two trades were essentially layups. Yes, and, and that, that's what I'm not I'm not saying it, but there's there's yeah. a lot of people that say that, but. Any other team could have sw- could have gone in and done the same thing, and maybe they give up more. And the the one that stings too is Alcantara and Gallon. I mean, when you get those two, so that's where I think that you have to. It begs the question: where where are you at with evaluating your own talent? Mm-hmm. So not necessarily what are you doing on the marketplace, what are you doing free agency? Although they've had some misses there too. But the guys that you, I mean, give them credit for having all this talent too. I don't think they get enough credit for having acquired this talent or developed some of the talent. Now, Gallon developed another pitch when he left St. Louis that helped him. But what are you doing to evaluate your own talent that's in-house? And that's a fair question right now. And I think you can give Mo credit for getting those players, like you were saying, Dan. They're great players. But I think now, yes, you have those players. But what have you done to help those players become great and put players around them to be a great ball club? We look at this past year. They did not do anything for starting pitching. That was a huge problem. So I look at that. Yes, you have these two Hall of Fame type players, and they will be, but what have you put around them to help them out? Well, from a position player standpoint, I think you've you've put a lot around them. But to your point about the pitching. But that only goes so far. Yeah, and and we saw that because they finished in last this this year. But yeah, to your point about the pitching, they they haven't, they clearly left a a huge portion of their roster unfilled, thinking, well, we're going to be fine. I think the double whammy comes in when you're talking about Rosarina. The double whammy is not only did you give up Randy Rosarina in that deal, but you gave him up because you liked what you had. 
Yeah, so evaluation in-house. In-house? Yeah. From that, from both standpoints. So you, you liked Harrison Bader, who eventually you traded for Montgomery. You clearly loved Tyler O'Neill, And for one year, you were validated with that. And every other time now you have not. I mean, it's you. It's got to stay on the field, and he's not. Right. And well, part of that, not you know, I know I interrupt a lot, so I'm, I apologize. I mean, part of that is O'Neill, his inability to stay on the field. But that is also as a club understanding the personality of the players that you put in uniform, mm-hmm. and that's part of it too. Like you know, you should know better than anybody else what you have that's in your cupboard. Period. Definitely. And that means personality-wise, talent-wise, evaluation of talent, what does it look like going forward? You know, all those things fall under your umbrella, so mm-hmm. you should know your players better than anybody else. And to, to take the knife and, you know, stick it in deeper here, mm. the Rays knew what they had. Yeah. The Rays knew, the Rays knew what they had, and they, they, better, they had a better feel for what, what you had. Because Matthew Libertor, thus far, has not developed into – a top-of-the-rotation left-hander for you. So the Rays felt comfortable enough to give up their top lefty in the organization to acquire Randy Rosarina. So they knew what they had, and they knew mm. what you had. That, that the Alcantara one, you know, you're trying to get a middle-of-the-order bat to pair with Goldschmidt. Okay, didn't work out. Burned you in the end. There's no, there's really no debate there. I mean, it did work out for a little bit. Ozuna was good. It, it was it, without Ozuna. I don't think you're making it to the NLCS in, no. in 2019. So that that part you understood. The the Garcia one, you're right. I mean, if every if every other team could have an opportunity, the Rangers also dumped them. It's like okay, eventually yeah, they, they had they caught, them, dumped them, and then brought them back. They caught lightning in a bottle. Right. All right. But the Rosarina one, I think, is the one that stings stings you the most. Well. I, Again, I'm going to go back to this, is that they had the talent there. The talent was there, and they made the acquisition. Like They spent in the international market and got good players, Randy Orozarena being one of them. Garcia, they thought, would be a good player. Um, You look at what they had in Gallon. You look at what they had in Alcantara. So to me, it's not about, you know, well, are they going to go out and spend money, and they're going to do this, that, and the other. The issue has been over the last – Three years, I'd say, since the COVID year has been, where are we at as an organization evaluating the own the 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 people that we have in our own house? Mm-hmm. And if you're not evalu- evaluating them correctly, you better start doing it because you're losing good talent and you can't afford to do that. And you take it a step further, if you have that talent, then they're cost controlled. So now I'm not going out and spending potentially... $200 million on NOLA, and I'm not spending that money on Sonny Gray. I've already got them, yeah. and they're cost-controlled. I don't have to worry. Now I can go and, and worry about other deficiencies with my club and spend that money and allocate it differently. Sure. So the trickle-down effect of this is is big. And again, it goes down to evaluating the, own, the, the talent that's already in your own house. Mm-hmm. And I think wanting to compete every single year plays a factor into that because you end up trading for, we'll use Ozuna for example, you end up trading for Ozuna because you need that piece right then and there to make your ball club a good team and to compete. Whereas if you just let it kind of ride out a little bit, then you see what these other players could end up becoming, and that—that's the thing you gotta—you gotta. But that's gotta also the line, though. But that's also, do you want to win now, right? Or do you want to? Are you okay with taking a step back and saying, mm-hmm. "All right, we're gonna let these guys develop. We right. think they're gonna be good. Mm-hmm. 
So we're and gonna, sometimes it doesn't work out. And sometimes it doesn't work out, but that's the risk we're going to take. Mm-hmm. And in this marketplace, you're expected to win every year. Absolutely. Whether you like it or not. And you know, you look at Arizona, they had 102 losses two years or 110 losses two years ago. Texas had 102. But they were willing to all of a sudden they got a new ballpark talking about mm-hmm. Texas specifically. They get Simeon. Mm-hmm. They went out and got Corey Seeger. And by the way, they've got a ton of talent coming. Like they, this is a year ahead of where they thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. They thought they're going to be good, but they're great. I mean, yeah. if you make it to the World Series, you're a great team, no doubt. And so that's that's one of the questions you have to ask yourself too: is are we willing to your point, Marcia? Are we willing to ride this thing out with young talent we have? We think it's going to be good, or hey, we can get over that because we have more talent coming, and we need this player now. Mm-hmm. And expectations in this town mm-hmm. are to win. You're not supposed to have a season like they just had. Yeah, that's that's the way it goes. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN. Uh, one league, it, it just seems hell bent on um, ruining its own product. We'll tell you what that what that league is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So NBA Central had this this tweet that said a Western Conference scout expects the Spurs to load manage Victor Wembenyama. He is how old? 19. 19 years old. Yeah. Load yep. management now. That's correct. Uh, he is only 19 years old and he needs development work for translation to the NBA. I would expect both load management and competition management, whatever competition management is, uh, spoon-fed or spoon-feed him a cautious diet of challenges early in his career. So maybe that's what it is. That's ridiculous. You're going to line him up against, (laughs) you're going to load manage him against uh, bad teams and face him against good ones, I guess. Uh, Go get him, kid. That is so ridiculous. Dan, have you ever ever seen a, a, a league uh, basically take their own kneecaps out like the NBA does? Can you imagine going to, let's say, the Lakers are playing Memphis, and uh-huh. so where are we, a four or four and a half hour drive from Memphis, and I decide yeah. to take my kids and say, load them up, let's go, we're going to Memphis, we're going to see LeBron play, you've never seen him play, all-time leading scorer, he's a great player. And Morant. And yeah, uh, CJ Morant. Okay, when he's done with his suspension, yeah. we're going to go there and we're going to we're going to have a grand old time. We're going to have a lot of fun. But you're going to be able to say when you are an old young, old lady and an old man that you had the chance to watch LeBron James. Oh, by the way, we get there, he's a healthy scratch, and uh, maybe somebody in Calgary saying that about Verona tonight. I don't know. <laughs> they're trying to send him a message, <laughs> but they're, they're and they say you know. Oh, by the way, he's he's not playing because of load management. Yeah. I, I find that ridiculous. Sports ultimately, guys, is entertainment, and who who's the one that's footing the bill ultimately? The fans. fans, and for them not to be able to see the best players play, I I just I don't understand that. Like David Robinson, when David Robinson was into the league, he played I think eighty two, eighty two. And Duncan, in his first year, played 82. That was under Greg Popovich, mm-hmm. who's his coach, this young man's coach in San Antonio. 
Come on. It may be for the betterment of it. I don't yeah. know, but I just think it's a bad look. Well, the, the ironic part is who you just brought up. It's Pop. Pop, yeah. Pop started this. He, yeah, that's he, right. He, he is start, the one. He started this when it was Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili and Tim Duncan. He started this load management thing. I, I can't remember what the exact year was, but he started sitting guys. And the NBA at first was finding them. Hey, we gotta play, you got to play your guys. And then everybody just kind of, you know, caught wind of this, and then the players' association got involved, and now here we are. the 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 regular season in the NBA is a tough one. It's meaningless in a lot of ways. It is. And then do you got a new tournament because how meaningless right. it is. In December so they're doing in, it. Instead of playing your own damn players, your stars that everybody wants to see, you decide to think outside the box and go with this tur- this in season tournament to try to generate eyeballs to your screen how about just play your stars outside the money when i talk to guys that played professionally outside the money because they wanted to make their money don't get me wrong and i understand that i said what did you love about playing the sport that you played at at a high level yeah i loved to compete Mm -hmm. i wanted to know where i stood with the best in the world was i one of the best in the world which if you're nba nba uh, mlb Hockey, I don't care what, if you're playing at the top level, you're one of the best in the world of what you do. The common theme, though, of all of them, outside the money and getting paid was I loved to compete. I wanted to know how good I really was. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you think players really want to do that? I, I think the majority of them probably don't like it, that they have to sit. Some may say, Boy, I, I would, don't, I I don't would mind. So. I would hope so, too, is yeah. right. You know, I... Some would say, I don't mind, you know, who cares, and you know, I'll be back in there tomorrow. But, a man, a lot of them say, I want to compete. You want to compete, right? I want to know where I stand. I, I want to be the best in the world at what I do. If, Dan, if you're banged up, it's different. Exactly. If, if, you, if you're mentally exhausted, these, these guys are human beings. I don't care how much, how much money they're making. If they've got something going on in their personal life that's impacting the way that they, 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 they play, and they could get out there and they get hurt or whatever, and, you, and it's just, hey, listen, I, I, I'm going to get you out. I'm going to get you out for a game or two, and, and you're going to regroup, and then you're going to come back and you're going to play. That's different. To sit guys that are completely healthy because you, you've you got this sports science behind it where if you play uh, X amount of games, you're going to be good for us in the playoffs. And then that competitive fire seemingly kind of goes out along the way. And I guess if every team's doing it, then you know maybe my, my opinion on this is bunk. But then I'd go right back to what you said before. It's entertainment. Entertainment. The, the, the at the NBA end of the day. fans are paying. You're, you're paying for this. I could you imagine Chris Pronger sitting out for load management? No. Al McGinnis? No. Or even a player in today's NHL? No. None. Baseball players, for some of them, and I know they say, well, they do. sit out with a hangnail. They do. No. They play through a lot of injury. I mean, they start when you start spring training. The next day, guys are sore. They you play through it. Mm-hmm. You find a way to do it. Now, teams are using all kinds of sports science, if you will, to figure out sleeping habits. And let's travel differently because normally you travel right after the game. At least it used to be that way to get back in your home city or whatever like that. Now they're saying, no, let's stay over, get a good night's rest, and then go, you know, go play our game. Right. I guess load management in hockey would be eliminating morning skates. Some of that has been eliminated throughout a season or yeah. especially when you get towards playoff time. But Man, the bottom line is, I want my guys to be wanting to be out there. Mm-hmm. I want them to compete. And we're all getting paid a lot of money. And for some of you, you're trying to earn contracts. 
damn straight they want to be out there. I also wonder, and this this might be, and I look, I say a lot of stupid stuff. People know that, but this might be the dumbest thing. But part part of me thinks, guys, too, like some of these baseball injuries. When you see a team that is really banged up, like the Yankees, for for example, right? The Yankees were really banged up this year. I wonder how much guys just not having that 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 mental. I know I'm going to play. I want to play 162, right? Y- Yachty is going to pl- he's going to play. Freddie Freeman, he's going to play. Yep. I wonder how much like the injuries start to creep up too, because you know you might get a day off here, day off there. I could be completely wrong, and somebody would blow me up and say, "Look, that, that you don't know biology." All right, but when it comes to the injuries, I feel like there's more injuries now with guys yeah. taking more rest. It doesn't make any sense. Started to break into John Miller. That's, got, that's what I'm saying, guys. More injuries now, now than, than ever. Back in '76. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I, I in baseball, they do their own version of load management. They do. They do. You know, you're going to get a day off for Goldie, or we're going to put him as a DH so he's off right. his feet. At least he's in the lineup. But though. he's in the lineup well, still. They're playing every day, though. Yeah. You know, the NBA. Since we're using the NBA as an example, they're pl- they're not playing every day. No, you might get a couple of back to backs, but maybe yeah. you do. You, yeah, actually, you do. You do. You do, you you do in the NHL as well. <laughs> yeah. Texter says maybe it's because he's seven foot five, and he is. He's very he's very tall. He's very thin. Maybe they're they're trying to get more weight on his body. But I'm just we're talking in generalities. Of, yeah, it's not just Wemba Yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. We're, we're talking, talking about the whole league doing this. Yes. I don't I don't agree with it. Yeah. And I, I think either. it's bad for your product. I, really bad. Same. What's trending is next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill to win a magical Polar Express staycation. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. We have Anthony Stalter, Dan McLaughlin, I am Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, the Ottawa Senators, Shane Pinto, was suspended 41 games for gambling. Here's the kicker, though. It is unclear how Pinto violated the sports wagering policy. According to the NHL, the league's investigation found no evidence that Pinto made any wagers on NHL games. So, so is he, in the NHL, are they allowed to? I don't know. I don't know the answer to this. So, if he wanted to bet a football game tonight, could he do that? I guess not. Well, but, so he can't do any betting whatsoever. So as long as he wasn't so. betting on his own team. To win or lose, or league, or league, exactly. Then they have a problem. Like, remember Alexander Kane, wasn't it? Yeah, he had an issue Evander with this. Kane. Evander Kane, yep. yeah. What was his deal? He had. Uh, I think his uh, was he, actual, like gambling at casinos, not sports gambling. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. and that was yeah. But in the NFL, if you're on, if if you're in a team facility, you can't do it of any kind. That's why I think some of these other guys got popped because they were in. You know, a team facility, and maybe they were wagering on a college game or an NBA game or whatever, and they got they got popped for that because they, they were in uh, an NFL facility. So I don't know if the NHL has the same this, thing. So if player X, let's just say he's at uh, Saints Park, okay, mm-hmm. their practice facility, and he leaves Saints Park and goes home, 
he can place a bet at home? I believe so. As long as it, of course, is not on the NFL. NFL. Right. Yeah. Okay. I believe so. And, of course, as if if Louisiana is one of those states. I, I don't know. So the, how do they come up with a half a season for that if he didn't violate their policy? I, I'm not sure what the policy is. I mean, I, I'm assuming that is the policy. You just can't sports bet as, as a player. So it doesn't anytime. matter what sport it is, which okay. I find dumb. Like... Obviously, you don't want to bet on your own sport, but yeah. if you're betting NFL games... Um, so, JR, JR said NHL players can bet other sports. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider with The Athletic, appreciate yeah. JR reaching out to me. He said NHL players can, you, bet, can bet other sports, just not hockey, which... So that would be the same, again, the same idea as the NFL. So right. why would he be getting suspended for 41 games? I don't know. That's interesting. We did get a text from the 636. Pinto didn't decline the suspension. They are saying he gave information to someone to get for him. So, maybe so in other words, there's more to the story here. So he gave, it's like insider trading, maybe. Maybe, maybe he was giving this person uh, info in, on yeah. the league or injuries. on his team, injuries, yeah. okay. and then that's what that led would... to. So he's not maybe actually making the bet. So he's giving the inside information to Anthony sense. or Marshy, and those guys are making the bet for him okay. or, or, or for a buddy. Or for themselves, and he's just giving Yeah, them that's exactly. Okay. It is interesting. I, what I find ironic, I believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe the Ottawa Senators, the logo decal on their helmet, the sponsor, is a sports gambling. A casino? Well, there you go. I mean, that's, or a sports that's gambling kind of, site? Yeah. Wow. Still, though, you can't be you can't no, be him. Yeah. yeah, but you're right. There is a, there is irony to that. By the way, I was thinking about this too. I, when does the NBA have to have their? We were talking about this in our last segment. You made me just think about this with load management. When do they have to announce whether or not player X is going to be in the lineup? I don't know how many hours before the tip off. It's got to be probably three, two hours, maybe. I would assume at least. Yeah. Anyway. In the NFL, they have their their NFL inactives exactly. that come out about fifty minutes before the game. Right. So. I guess that's how it would work. It was funny when Pop did one. It was, uh, I think it was, um, it was Duncan that was going to be out, and they gave the, the reasoning was old. They said, "Okay, he's not playing," and then they, you know, and yeah. said, it's too old. Sprain, yeah. "Sprained ankle, broken elbow, yeah. old." <laughs> <laughs> Pretty funny. Uh, Can't play tonight. He's too old. <laughs> uh, one guy who should be in the lineup for the Miami Dolphins, Tyree Kill. He said he is good and will play against the Patriots this upcoming weekend. You know, Christian Gonzalez, the rookie corner from Oregon, did a nice job on Tyreek the last time that that they played the Patriots. Uh, he had Tyree Kill had one of his lowest outputs. I won't say he had a bad game. He just had one of his lowest outputs of the season uh, against the Patriots. That's just Bill Belichick doing his thing. Like he's going to take out one of you. How about the Pats putting up thirty though over the weekend? How I did mean, they do that? I mm. this that that Bills team is so. I, I don't see get tonight. it. See it tonight. They got Tampa Bay. They're, They're favored so by I think eight and a half. The Bills are. Maybe it's moving. I don't know. Hmm. It's, I've seen seven and a half, eight and a half, and hmm. I've seen nine and a what half. What about yeah. 11 and a half? Is that what it is? I don't think it's gotten that. No, no not 11. Only the Chiefs can do that. Only the Chiefs against the Broncos. Yeah. yeah. Belichick um, was fired up, too. When he got that, that 300th win, I mean, he was excited. <laughs> he, he knew it was such a great <laughs> yeah. accomplishment in oh, the yeah. game of football in yeah. his life. What did he meant say, a lot to him. We're not talking about over our surgery here. <laughs> Talking about three three hundred wins. I mean, I'll worry about fun. that later. Yeah, uh, I mean, I hope to have more <laughs> later on. 
I, I find it really interesting with Bill Belichick if the Patriots would move on from him. If let's say he goes seven and ten this year. If you're Robert Kraft, you have to bring him back for the chance to... He got an extension. I know he did, but oh. I mean, you can walk away from that stuff if you wanted to. Sure. If he wants to walk away, he can walk away yeah. and f- whatever, get yeah. out of it. I don't think you walk away from it if, if you're that close. And if you're Robert Kraft, you sit there and say, we want you to do this while coaching on the sidelines of the New England Patriots. It's tough for me to to look at it and say, I'm going to roll the dice on some coordinator the next hot name coordinator to turn this thing no around question. over Belichick. I, I realize that things have not been good for the Patriots. Okay. I'm not overlooking that, but if we're talking about what are the odds that this coordinator coming in can do what Bill Belichick can do better than what Bill, Bill Belichick can do based on Belichick. You know what I mean? Like I, I I'm going to roll, I'm going to go with Bill. I'm going to throw this one at you. Um, if you're the Bills and they go tonight, by the way, have you seen their schedule? They're in like prime time prime times time 10. Yeah, yeah, I mean, coming up, they're they're all over the place. So instead of putting so much pressure on my QB, which Josh Allen is the face of the franchise, he seems to be down in interviews, then he's up in interviews, they're mm-hmm. throwing the ball 8,000 times. <laughs> go out and get Derrick Henry. Yeah. Or Saquon. One of the two. Go get them. Bring them in. Bring them in and see what you look like. You Make were... this the last gasp of what you've got this sure. year. You know? You and I were talking about this in the in the office. I would love to see the Ravens. It's another one. Add one of those guys. Especially like, after imagine? what you did last weekend and you said, oh, we got life here. We got Shut more than your life. mouth, Dan, huh? We got some life here. Yeah. I know they did it against your team, but they shoved. That's Jamie's team. Jamie kicked me off the bandwagon. Okay, so your Atlanta Falcons uh, you or what they do up. last week? They won, baby, four and three. That's right. Who'd they beat? The New Bucks. Orleans. Oh, that's right. The Bucks. Falcons are a hot potato right now. They sure they are. We're fumbling <laughs> left and right, but we're winning games. <laughs> we're fumbling going uh, into the end zone. We're fumbling coming out of the end zone. We don't care. We're winning. Oh, Young Way Koo, fifty-one yard field goals. Everything's he's close. He's had two game winners. He's been he's, he's awesome. Isn't it two game winners yeah. this year? Uh, let's see. He beat. Yes. He beat yeah. Houston. He beat Houston. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ritter had the same. Ritter was terrible yeah. for three and a half quarters, and then the final drive comes, he's like, watch this. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. He's dropping dimes on fools. Betting mm-hmm. is so prevalent. It's it's like <clears throat> we're talking about. He started this segment, and somebody just texted in, and it is it is interesting. Do you see legal sports betting eventually causing more problems down the road going forward? I, there's problems, I think, with this probably nightly. We just don't hear about all of them. But uh, when Missouri, when are they going to get on board? It's coming. I don't think there's any doubt. Maybe not. I don't know. I, I mean, think it's coming. You would think that it was going to hit every state, but they, they've been, uh, they have pushed against it. I know. You know, so I don't know. Last thing here, Dan, we were talking about what Deion Sanders had to say about the Michigan investigation in terms of sign stealing. Well, the FBI has now joined the probe into oh, wow. ex Michigan assistant football coach. So the football coach has a military background. Seriously. Military background. um, Harbaugh? No, 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 no. The assistant coach that's being filming the the games or whatever. Okay, gotcha. Weiss? Yeah. And so apparently um, he's at the forefront of this, and a lot of people are going back and looking at the TCU game. Really? And saying last year they did not have 
the proper footage or it was like there were other teams saying like man they knew what was coming they knew what we were doing they knew what our calls were but they and, didn't against TCU. And they struggled against TCU. <laughs> yeah, the tickets were too too expensive for no, them. I, <laughs> I bet they could find a way to get in. <laughs> they're like, they're like, ah, oh, TCU. There's no way TCU. We're going to exactly. play TCU. We're not going to waste the time going to their games. So they said they did like 11 of 12 teams in the Big Ten, and then something like three or four of what they thought could be in the college football playoff. And they missed TCU. I don't know if they missed them, but they said that they. Did not have those. Like that, it wasn't up to snuff with the others. I hope that's true because that's funny. Because they lost forty five thirty eight. Yeah, they couldn't get off the field. Right. Like that, that would be that would be hilarious if Michigan, who had such a stout defense last year and this year, just didn't have the tape on TCU. And TCU just you know they just kept getting big play after big play after big play on them. Let me ask you this: Do you think it's a big deal? I here I, I don't. I don't think that... Don't you think it's probably commonplace anyway? Oh, it's it runs rampant of in course. college football. It runs rampant in football. I, I said this at the time when we when you know we talked when we brought up the the Michigan scandal. I go, this is this is college football's dirty little secret. Absolutely, all these big programs do it. Now, do I like it? No, but protect your signs. Or why don't, 100%. why don't the NCAA introduce the same technology that the NFL has? Hundred percent. Put the microphone in the ear. They don't want to teach these young quarterbacks. Well, you're going to have to now. It is the it. it is the dirty little secret right now in college football. Wait, they're not the only ones. I was about to. Danny beat me to it. Wait until wait until they get popped. Yeah. Wait, wait until another team gets popped. Hundred percent. You know what's funny is that Jim Harbaugh's worst season. At Michigan was in 2020, the COVID year. They were two and four. Of course, no fans. No fans. I just find that ironic. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, all right. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're going to do NFL stock market buy, sell, or holds. We'll get a new uh, category from our guy Marsh next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. And Dan McLaughlin, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. So we do NFL stock market every Thursday, buy, sell, or hold. And what Marsh has done each week is he's given us a new category. So what's the category today for the NFL stock market? All right, we are looking at teams that are in the hunt right now. They are not in a playoff spot, but they are in the hunt. Mm. We're going to start off with the Houston Texans. Buy, sell, or hold. I'm buying the Houston Texans. I'm buying the Houston Texans. No, sir. Plus 22 point differential, no, Dan. No, sir. C.J. Stroud has been outstanding. They're horrible. For Houston. They're horrible. What <laughs> They're horrible. horrible. They're, they're three and Get three. Get them out. They're three even, and three. They shouldn't even dress their team for load management for the rest of the year. They're not load managing anything. Get them out of they're here. managing what? wins. I can't even C.J. believe he Stroud's made great. This. He's been fantastic. I can't believe he made this list. Blasted they the Jaguars, list, blasted the Steelers, took care of business against the Saints. Out. Should have beaten the Falcons. Get so, them out. Uh, no. Buy, I'm buying the Houston Texans as a You know as what? A you gave me a lot team. of reasons that I am in. Yes. You just told me I'm in. I didn't know why, but I knew there was something you were going to tell me, yes. Anthony, to bring me back in. Every time I'm out, you pull me back in. I mean, you're talking... 
You, you've been watching C.J. Stroud now for a while, Dan. I, I, lo- I like actually him. do love watching him play. Yeah, he's been great. He can play. All right. They're, they're eighth. They're eighth in in uh, opponent points per play. So defensively, they've been solid. So top ten in that I, category. You don't have to convince me anymore. Okay. Yeah. You're right. I, I, I got I got the answer I wanted. I should have just Put hung the, up. Look at this right here. Putting a check mark. You tell him buy right there on the on the piece of he paper. Just right there. Buy. Right there. So you're buying Anthony. Buy. Dan is buying. I'm also buying the Houston yeah, Texans. Are. Okay. This next team. I am not buying the New York Jets. The Love New their York defense. football Jets. Love the defense. Can't stand Zach Wilson. I'm out. I'm so done with them. They're out. Everybody on this list might be out for me. I'm not oh, sure yet. Wow. I couldn't have enough playoff teams to have a playoff format and have the excitement of postseason football. Mm-hmm. Anthony, you need to do a, a better job at trying to sell Dan on not selling one of these How teams. About he's taking shots at you. He's going right at you. Tell me I should buy, and I'll, I'll, my pen is this. It's very active. I'm it's selling the, the, the New York ah, football Jets. Like the defense. Love, love the defense. Love Brees Hall. I don't think they beat the Giants this week. <sighs> Ooh. I don't think they beat the Giants in the Battle of Jersey. Mm. I almost said, where are they going to play that? In Jersey. I know. It's the are. Battle of New York <laughs> in Jersey. In the parking lot. <laughs> For the Snoopy Bowl or whatever the hell they do. Is that what it's called? Yeah, because it's MetLife Stadium. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, that's why Snoopy comes through that's in the, right. the parade. That makes sense. Th- does it? Wait, what? Yeah. Does he? Well, Snoopy always goes through, but is it? You talking about the Thanksgiving Day parade? Yeah. I don't think I. I think he's just always there. Yeah, he's just always. Snoopy's just a staple. You get characters oh, yeah. from different stuff. Yeah. So MetLife, the insurance company. Yeah. My mother, my sweet mother, used to work for MetLife. gave a, gave gave it her all for MetLife. Did she really? Yeah. So I know that Snoopy is uh, is their mascot. She had a light, nice little nest oh. egg too to retire to. And yeah, absolutely. you've seen a lot of it. Yeah, wouldn't it make sense though? <laughs> no, selling. <laughs> no, wouldn't it make sense that MetLife would sponsor Snoopy as part of the Marsh, parade? You, you might be Snoopy, will you? You might be right, Marsh, that, that, that Snoopy is sponsored by MetLife in that parade. But what Dan and I are saying is, we don't know if. We don't if, know if who that's they're... a MetLife thing as much as it's just Snoopy's Snoopy. always there. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Like are his, people... friend, his friends are there too. I tell What's you, the thought Charlie process Brown? is really good yeah. on this. Yeah. Yeah. Woodstock. But I don't know who Charlie Brown is sponsoring. Mm. Yeah, maybe you're right. What do I know? I don't even watch hey, the parade. Either way, we're oh, selling. It's wonderful. We're selling sure the Jets. Get your kids around the TV. You well, got the I turkey in the oven, <laughs> and then you get the pumpkin pies going, and then all of a sudden oh, you, you kind of dig in yeah. early because yeah. you're, you're getting hungry, and yeah. then all of a sudden four o'clock hits, Man. and you need a you need a nap. A little cranberry. Yeah, a little cranberry sauce. A little stuffing. Man, yeah. When is all right? Somebody wants us to move on. End of. You uh, know what? We're gonna go at our own pace. <laughs> yeah. Thank wow. you. Uh, tell you what. Don't tell us what to do because yeah. we're gonna do the exact opposite. <laughs> you betcha. So the next uh, buying forty that. minutes will be Snoopy, and you're gonna like <laughs> it. Don't tick us off. <laughs> all right. Uh, anyways, buy, sell, or hold the Cincinnati Bengals. Sell. Oh, I'm buying that. Joe Burrow's finally getting healthy. Everybody loves the Bengals this year. I, I know. Everybody love it. There they come. Bengals okay. and uh, the uh, Bills have got a game. I think it's next week. That could be a deciding game for both those teams. Cincinnati, my friend, has the San Francisco 49ers this week. Not the, I was saying the following week. Right. So is, they got two big games oof. coming up. If you're if you're right that they, they have Buffalo on the docket, and you are right, here's the next three games. Here's the next six games for the Bengals. You ready? Yep. Bills. I'm sorry. 49ers, Bills, 
the aforementioned Houston Texans, who Dan's now buying. I'm in. In Baltimore. Hmm. Home against Pittsburgh, who at least is just going to mess around and be a wild card team at the, at the least, and at Jacksonville. They got six tough games coming up, mm. these Bengals. Can I sell now? Yes, you can. After Dan. hearing that? Yes, you can. I are, you know, Chris Collinsworth and his prime is going to come out and play. Mm. I don't even think they need him. Mm, he'll no. slide right in there. But they do need uh, I, a I better like that. defense. I like that. It was good. I caught it. <laughs> you guys are sick. Uh, Next team, please. Uh, I'm going to hold the Cincinnati Bengals. The next team, one that I hold near and dear to my heart, the Minnesota Vikings, buy, sell, or hold. I think the Vikings straight up this week against the the, uh, 49ers. Had a a nice nice feeling about that. Holy smokes. Took them straight up. Good for you. Yeah. I like her cousins at home. Thank you, Dan. No problem, buddy. We needed that win. Don't like them on Monday night usually, but I liked them then. Mm Mm-hmm. He anyway, was outstanding. So you get the Packers, they get the Falcons, they get the Saints, they get the Broncos, the Bears, Raiders. They get a winnable schedule coming up. I'm going to buy Minnesota while they're cheap. And they're not um, trading Cousins, so I'm not buying Cousins. The defense has been better than How expected. How good was he on Monday night? He was. He's pretty awesome. One, that was one of the best games I've seen Cousins play. Yeah, he was great. And like, I, don't give me any sort of. St- oh, he had a better statistical game. I'm talking about winning the damn game, mm-hmm. not just. Doing what it takes to win that football game, he was outstanding. With no uh, JJ, he too. may have had yep. f- he may have dropped four hundred with four tutties on somebody in a previous previous year. I don't I don't care. That was against a top notch defense, and he carved them like Thanksgiving dinner after Snoopy wow. yeah. does the parade. Over to old Danny Mac's house. You, you guys are invited. Danny. Thank you. Yes, Come I'm on so over. hungry. We're, go- we're going to Dan's house. You guys house are invited. Who are these guys? Don't worry about it. Sit down and have yourself a plate. <laughs> yeah, a, there you go. We got it's a Marshy, and all of a sudden he's got one of my kids in his lap. Yeah. Although they're 14 at this point, I might think a little differently. <laughs> You just painted a picture of Landon Marsh in prison. Uncle Marshy's here. Watch out. Stay clear, kids. Uncle Marshy's here. Oh, jeez. That got dark. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm going to buy the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, you are. And we're going to move on to the next team. All right. Uh, The Los Angeles Rams buy, sell, or hold? Sell. I, I got to sell. They're just not talented enough, although their coach is really good. Sean McVay is outstanding, and I love yep. the two wide receivers. Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua and, and Cooper Cup. Cup. Yeah. Matthew Stafford's pretty damn good, too. He's really good. You got to protect him, though. If you don't protect him, he's a turnover Offensive machine. Offensive line is terrible. Offensive line is awful. Yeah, they're terrible. Uh, the defense, I think, is average at best. I think, I think Raheem Morris gets a lot out of his guys. I think he should be another head coach. He should get a, another shot. You think McVay stays another year? I don't know. It's weird. I, I feel like McVay the last two years was kind of floating it out there that he's going to be done. Yeah, but he's got a newborn. You know, he's he's got a new family in terms of having a his first child, and then all of a sudden, he I don't know perspective changes. You'll yeah. find that out, Marshy. You don't have kids, but hmm. perspective changes on a lot of stuff. Life changes. So yeah. I've heard. Yeah. So Things you heard. Change. Mm. I'm going to sell the Rams. Okay. I'm going to sell them as well. I'll sell them too. I don't know what I've kept and what I've bought and what I've mm. sold. Uh, yeah. you I mean, they've been sold before. Unfortunately, Marsh, I don't like what you said there. Uh, you bought, Dan, the Texans, the Bengals, then sold them immediately. So I that did. Was a, that was yeah. a, um, what do you call that when you go in and you buy something? I just, then, I just returned them. <laughs> didn't fit. Didn't quite Buyer's fit. Remorse, Buyer's had. remorse. Buyer's ah, remorse for sure. Yep. Hmm. 
Yeah, and uh, then uh, then we went down a dark path from Minnesota. I don't know what I don't know what you wound up doing on the Vikings. I kept him. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I bought those guys. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, last one here: Washington Commanders buy, sell, or hold. I'll tell you what: I never bought them, and I don't and I don't want anything to do with them. I want nothing How to do with them. How are they in the hunt? I, I, <laughs> because they they got a, a really they they could be winless this season if you yeah. think about it. Arizona. Easily. Arizona had them dead to right. Not, I shouldn't say that. The Arizona uh, gave them a very competitive game one that Washington could have could have easily lost that one. They had the they they gave up the hail mary to Denver, mugged the receiver or the tight end in the end zone on the two pointer, or else that goes OT. And then who knows? And the Falcons outgained them. Let me get the actual number so you don't think I'm making this up. Total yards. The Washington Commanders, 193 total mm. yards. 193. Mm. In the game, they beat the Falcons. Atlanta, 402 total yards oh, of you're offense. Just am, I that the, up. am I the only guy that loves the, uh, the QB for the Commanders? Sam Howell? I think he's a hell of a player. I'll tell you what, you like him, that's for sure. His old line clearly does no, not. Oh, he Ooh. gets beat to hell, man. That's the most beat up quarterback in the 100%, NFL. 100%, man. He just gets. Annihilated day after day when he's in there, and Ron Rivera not going to do. He's no. he sees it right in front of him, and he goes, "Yeah, you know what? He'll the kid will be fine." Yeah, he might not be able to spell his name in five years. <laughs> no, but, hey, but he'll, he'll, be, he'll fine. be fine. Yeah, yeah. S A M. The whole name, guys. The whole name. Uh, uh, in all seriousness, stay stay upright out there, mm-hmm. Sam. All right, stay mm-hmm. healthy. Biggest those, question. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, those are the teams that are in the hunt. You're gonna sell them too, right? You'd want nothing oh, yeah, to do I'm, with them. I'm nothing selling to do with them. I, terrible. Teams. I didn't even buy them, so I couldn't. I can't even sell. I sold everybody except the Texans because he, because I bullied you. And Minnesota, you did bully me into yeah. that, but that's okay. You convinced. Uh, you're gonna me. like that though. I mean, you, you can't lose to the Bears. When they lost to the Bears, am I? Uh, I'm out on this team. Oh, uh, the Commanders. I could go a full yeah. year without watching one more second of them play no. football. Yeah, that's a. Honestly, it's a good, just a good life lesson. You How do you guys take in the games on Sundays? I got a red zone. Yeah. I awesome. just park my butt down and mm-hmm. watch eight hours of commercial-free coverage. Mm. Uh, last Sunday, I, I had to do some uh, housework, so I was inside. I have a little, just a smaller TV, a little Roku action, a little red Perfect. zone. I was, do, I was doing yeah. stuff, looking over. I, red zone is unbelievable. Scott Hansen hacking up every play. He is play. so good. I think he's great. He ticks me off a lot. Why? I don't know. There's you just like, you want Siciliano back? Yes. I don't know. No, I'm part. I'm just partial to Siciliano as it is because he used to do the Rams preseason game, so I got to know Andrew a little bit. And yeah. I really nice guy. I think. I, but I thought he did a great job on. I'm not the saying he TVs. didn't do a great job. Yeah. I just love Hanson. I think he's great. I think what gets me about Scott is that he knows what's coming sometimes. Eh. Oh. And throughout the day, if you notice. For example, I noticed this with Sam Howell. He goes, uh, Sam Howell has not been sacked in 37 seconds. Let's go out to Washington. Howell back to pass. Sacked! And I'm like, Scott. I didn't. I thought it was Scott, just live. you mother. <laughs> you Whoa. knew that was coming. I didn't know that that was coming. You you now, I'm going to watch this weekend with a keen yeah. eye. You Thank watch. You. Thank you. Oh, uh, now you know, I've turned my attention to that. It's going to take mm. away my enjoyment of the actual game. The Thanks Patriots have not been in the red zone all game. Let's go out to Miami. And the Patriots have gotten us inside the red zone. Yeah, it's a 34-yard game from Ramondre Stevenson. He's giving me great entertainment. Is he? Yes, he is. Okay. Staying with my guy. All right. By the way, Dan, uh, the way I take in the games, we got three TVs going yeah. in the living room with me and my roommates. 
one does have red zone, the other two are whatever game we want to watch. With the, so you have Red Zone. Zone. You have DirecTV? Well, no, I think it's YouTube TV. Oh, that's right. Now. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, on YouTube. It. Oh, don't so you, you think know. that's a little much? No, it's not enough. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's enough either. No. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you got Red Zone. What else do you need? Every game. You want every mm-hmm. game up? Yeah. Okay. Every game. When uh, when I was traveling back and forth to Bristol, the one football season. Yeah. Um, that was in 19, maybe? That was in 19. Yeah. Yes, that was in 2019. Uh, I was spoiled rotten. I used to go I mean, in. They had everything on the flat screens. They had every, every game, single game. Yeah, every TV, and one get one guy in the back with a clicker. If you know you wanted to hear a certain sound to 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 the game, so they like the one big screen, and then every TV, every single. Then bring game. up whatever you wanted. The sound. Could you roll back games too? You roll uh, back a highlight. No, because it was all live. But um, I'm sure they could if they wanted. That's awesome. Man. It was incredible. It's fun, yeah. but. Red Maybe zone. you should you Red should go to host Red Zone. You'd be great at it. No, I couldn't be. Don't that you think handsome. Anthony would be great? I think you'd be great, especially if he's not spoiling that, what's guys. happening. I wouldn't. I promise you. I no, wouldn't. you would. Because you're <laughs> watch <laughs> the same thing. Because they're going to pay you and they're going to say you need to spoil some of this. <laughs> you spoil okay, some problem. <laughs> sound, Happy to do it. You guys sound smart. So. <laughs> right. We're yeah. going to head down to Jacksonville right now as the Jags are driving down on the Chiefs. <laughs> You'd do it in two seconds, just like I would. Somebody, somebody in my ear. You say it. You say you it. Say, and you say it right now. You say. You make that prediction. <laughs> You're about to be right. Trevor Lawrence hasn't thrown an interception in over three years. Let's go to Jacksonville. Picked off Trevor Lawrence. All uh-huh. right. Let's get to the biggest question of the day next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. All right, time for the biggest question of the day here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Marsh, go. I can't. This guy, I swear. <laughs> what? what? Uh, you're too funny, Dan. Anyways, uh, biggest... it, was Uncle, it was a picture of Uncle Marshy over for Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Why don't you show the guys? I'm not show showing your work. Right. <laughs> show your work. It's beautiful. It looks it looks good. It's the just... pencil thin mustache yeah. with the the cigarette. Yeah, and could... an earring. And then yeah, and the yeah. earring. You can check it out. The Air Alliance team uh, YouTube channel. It's a solid mustache. mustache. STL. You look you look kind of a I don't know happy to be there. Certainly thrilled to be invited. Yeah, but then it's like, where are the kids? Yeah, I, I kind of look <laughs> I like. Say a, well, I find interesting is the the stick figure look, oh, yeah. but I have you know kind of a a, a bigger build. Yeah, in the middle. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, so you got no, dressed I mean, up for the affair too. Well, I put you. you in a tie. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. The picture wasn't finished. Better. Yeah, I don't know if the tie actually makes the whole picture. Well, no, you, you came over, you were dressed up. It was okay. a big yeah, day. It, it is Thanksgiving. 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 Yeah, you make, you you make like, a great point. Yeah. All right, yeah, I can get down with that. Excellent. Yeah. I, I Here, I'm putting... Uh, there, now you look the, a little bit more muscular. <laughs> there we go. I like that. <laughs> there you go. That's great. Where'd you learn how to draw, Dan? Uh, not paying attention in school. Them, there you go. Yep. Yeah. Makes sense. Oh, I love doodling. Mm-hmm. Pretty Ooh, much. Yeah, it was yeah. great. All right, biggest question of the day... We talked about the Blues today with with Jamie and Curbs. Um, We had this written down, but if this is how the Blues are going to play all season long, 500 hockey, um, you know, we're we're talking about the the offense, yet somehow they win games 2-1. to 
whatever. Are you satisfied with what could be the outcome for this team if this is how they play all season? What's your long? outcome? Just like a 500 team, maybe they're fighting for no. a, a wild card spot. No, I, I, no, I'm not satisfied with that. I think that I think the expectations uh, they haven't they haven't changed for me. I think you should be a playoff team. Be higher, be yeah. better. I do. I, I don't. I don't look at. I'm with you. I don't look at last year and say, well, it's the same. It's the same team or the worst, uh, a worse team. I think that Doug Armstrong worked to retool this thing on the fly. He did an actual retool, and I know Verona's out tonight, but you know, picking up guys like Verona and Casperi Kapanen last year, bringing back Sammy Blay, bringing back Oscar Sundquist, making the deal for Kevin Hayes. I think he did a remarkable job to retool this thing. And you know who may get you there anyway? Yeah. Your goaler. Your goaler's pretty good. And when he's right, mm -hmm. your goalie. Bennington, yeah. I talk in hockey terms. That's yeah, my goaler. Your goaler. Um, but Jordan Bennington Soccer has been... would be keeper. There you go. He's been fantastic. And so if, uh, if he would play to that level throughout the season, my expectations would be completely different on what I think could happen with this team. Because sure. he's, he's going to win you games. Yeah. And he's already done it a couple of times just to get you some points. Mm -hmm. So if he does that, then, yeah, my expectations would be uh, would be high. I now, think, I'm not saying you're going to be a number one seed, but making the playoffs, absolutely. That, that, okay, so that's where I was going to go with it. Nobody is suggesting that this team is going to be one of the tops in the league. What What I've maintained is I think they should be a playoff team. A yeah. playoff team could be the the last seed, but just good enough to get in. Right. I don't expect, and my expectations for there is, whatever you win, it's 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 gravy at this point. And that's not outlandish to no. expect that with some of the mm -hmm. talent that they have absolutely on their team. And if their goalie plays, you know, like he has been, then you should expect to be in the playoffs. And I can't imagine the offense is going to be this stagnant throughout the entire year. I, I think we just have a tendency. I agree. To, because we're all excited, and we do this in baseball too. We're all excited. We look at what happens the first couple of games, and then we like extrapolate it throughout the, whole, the entire season. Now put it this it's way, a long though: year you you got to have more than what was it? I said twenty two or averaging twenty two or twenty three shots it's a not game. Not good enough. Not yeah. good enough. That's got to be better. Not even close. And not even close. That's yeah. Greg Berube would say it's got to be better. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and I find it really interesting though that he scratches Vrana tonight. And it's not only about him as the individual. I know that there were some plays in the late in the third period of the last game that cost the Blues, him specifically. But I also think it's like we know that we are strapped a little bit with what we have in terms of talent mm -hmm. and that if we're going to win games, we cannot – our margin for error, like I said earlier, is really slim. And yeah. so – I'm nipping this in the bud right now. We're not going to allow that to happen. And I don't care if it's Vrana. I don't care if it's another player that's maybe making more money than other players on the roster. But I'm not putting up with it. Yeah. And that sends a signal throughout the rest of the team that this cannot happen. Okay. I can't allow that to happen. Agreed. Can they make the playoffs if, they, if they're doing this back and forth type thing? If we get, let's say, the first five games that we've seen so far, we go... Every five games, we're getting the same results, right? Is that a playoff team? Where we're going back and forth, like, oh, the offense. And then one night, we're like, hey, um, the offense is there. Jordan Bennington, great game. It the could, next it night, they stink. It could be because, every you know, even playoff teams are inconsistent. Right. 
Diamondbacks were inconsistent this year. Yeah. You know, um, and I'm not suggesting the Blues are going to go to the Stanley Cup or anything. That'd be nice. But yeah, I think when you're looking at teams that barely make the playoffs or fighting all season and then make the playoffs, you're talking about a team that's inconsistent. Yeah, that's it. So, yep, I'm with you. All right, that's Sam McLaughlin and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. What you miss, criticisms, compliments next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. anything from today's show you can always download the podcast at 101espn.com interesting show or your 101espn mobile app as dan just uh, alluded to dan and i well we covered a lot of ground today we certainly did we talked about uh <laughs> you're right <laughs> I, i'm good dan drew a picture of me that looks yeah. like a uh, beavis and butthead character uncle marsh <laughs> uncle Go, marshy coming over for thanksgiving things yep. got weird there <laughs> A little bit. We also talked about Not on our end. It was no. more on Marshy's end. Yeah. Marshy's end. Yeah, absolutely. Hypotheticals, of course. <laughs> yeah. Also talking about the Blues going with 11 forwards and seven defensemen. Jamie joined yeah. us from the road for about an hour and a half or so. Played hot take or hot garbage. NFL stock market, buy, sell, or hold. And we said that at least one uh, league is trying to sabotage itself. That'd be the NBA. Not knowing that no. it is, but yeah, no. trying to with some of the load management stuff. So very interesting show. Uh, no doubt. And I thought we had a really good conversation, too, about the, the Cardinals and, you know, the evaluating talent. their own talent. Yeah, or lack thereof, and the the problems it has led to. So that's all all available on the podcast. Marsh, what do we got for criticisms and compliments? Yeah, um, Dan, for our first goal of the game, has Colton Pareko. I have Braden Shen. You have... Uh, Saad and Jamie has Jake Neighbors. Dan did not really like my pick, no. but we did get a text from the 636. Didn't Danny Mack essentially win the home run version of this in like 10 appearances? I think based on just percentages, like percentage win, win percentage, yeah. Dan crushed us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't mean to, fellas. I really didn't. Uh, I was just you know throwing something stuff, to stick man. on a wall, you know, just. Dan, that's what you do. Dan, never apologize for your success. That, that you means me? a lot. Hey. You know what? That means a lot. You're pointing at me. I'm pointing at you. That means a lot, baby. <laughs> Never means apologize for your success. Now, that's why I say you got to go Colt Pareko tonight. You got to. Gave the First of all, he's going to muck it up in the corners. Then he's going to muck it up in front of the net. And then he's going to go down to the other end, silky smooth with the mm. way he skates. And then he's going to wind up and unleash, I'm going to say a 98.6 mile an hour slap shot. I love Ooh. it. Top shelf, baby. I love it. Top shelf. Dan's been on fire too, so we can't overlook. Thank you, Marsh. Oh yeah, scoring tonight. You are invited to Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thank you. No problem, buddy. We'll see. We'll see if. We'll see if I. Uh, if I can make it. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> uh, we got. We have red t- zone. <laughs> you know Speaking of red zone, uh, from the three one four, I can see Ranthony coming out talking about the Falcons right in the middle of red zone. <laughs> yep. I could see it. I gotta be. I gotta be completely professional about it. I'm ranting about Desmond Ritter fumbling the ball for the third straight possession. Could happen. It does happen. Yeah. When you're invested in a team, things come out, and you're not professional. True. You know, it's like today. 
Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, Marshy's not invested in my family. I'm right. invested in Marshy and his well-being, <laughs> and he doesn't want to come yeah, over. I mean, yeah. maybe the Vikings, uh, you know, turn the ball over on the first first drive of the game. You the know, Stalters are coming over. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I'll, get the, I'll bring the kids over. Can't wait to see They're them. Running all around. <laughs> Got plenty of stuff for yeah, them to play no with doubt. and have fun. Sure. Run around the backyard. You'll love them. Already do. Great kids. Already do. <laughs> <laughs> Marshy, what else? Give me one more, baby. One more uh, before we get out of here from the 314. Robot Jamie is kind of cool. <laughs> Robot Jamie, yeah. Jamie was uh, boots on the ground in Calgary. He was, and um, look, when you're dealing with technology, you're just there's it you got to put up with some stuff. It happens. He was fine. He, he I was, thought he was he great. Was great. Yeah, absolutely. Dan, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for having me in, buddy. When always are fun. you next week? Probably. Yeah, I'm in uh, one of the days next week. I think Jamie is on the road or something, and uh, I'll come flying in. We'll see. All you good then. for Dan McLaughlin. Thanks, buddy. Jamie Rivers. Thank you, Andrew Marsh, Anthony Stalter. We appreciate everybody listening, and watching today. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow too. See you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.